Hey everyone, today is Thursday, the 8th of September 2016. This is The Gap, episode 336, or if you're Joe Gilroy, it's 335. Yeah, it's fucking less than that. It's 331 or something, because I just realized that you've been numbering the fucking Dota casts this entire time, and it's a travesty. It it's, li- it's, it's a travesty. We're going to have to bring in the official judge of the podcast, Nathan Lawrence... What is I'm your here. verdict? I, on I this? do numbers. Uh, I'm with you know. I'm with Job. You were there for the preamble. Uh, bonus. If you put bonus on it, it can't be counted as like a core one. Maybe you can point five it if you want. Oh, to put we a seem to have it, lost but... Nathan. Um, that's unfortunate. But <laughs> <laughs> and Job that's as well. That's the trick you doing, Job. You can just do a podcast by yourself, Lukey. That's awesome. <laughs> I would listen to that. Yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah, well, I you do don't that. have to. You just no. have to do it. Yeah. Oh. Um, how are you going? You went to uh, the United States of America recently and just got back. No, I didn't. The Gap episode 287, the Dota 2 International 2015 pub stomp on this bonus episode of The Gap. On this bonus episode. Unbelievable. Bonus Fuck. episode 235. No, just I don't know. Just fucking, you know, this, this, this is the sort of shit, okay? This is the sort of shit that stops us from going huge, okay? This is why we don't get flown around the world to play <laughs> fucking Overwatch, okay? Because <laughs> I'm padding numbers. Because <laughs> you're fucking padding our numbers, man. And everyone could tell. Everyone knows, okay? It's bad enough that we called ourselves The Gap. Everybody to ride knows. the fucking wave of the Old Navy fucking brand. <laughs> like, yeah. What? How's shenanigans? The Gap, it's a bra- it's a clothing brand. Well, I wouldn't know well, that. I I dress in what the companies send me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Today, Otherwise Nathan is brought like to you like by EA. <laughs> Wait, nude, clothesless. Yeah, so you're gonna get some quality <laughs> fucking quality fucking made up words for me for this podcast because I've got jet lag brain. So fuck uh, all yours. Russell Crowe and Blank starred in The Nice Guys. <laughs> Any ideas, Nathan? Oh, it was so fucking painful. I was yelling at the podcast. Oh, you were listening, were you? <laughs> yeah, I told Job yesterday that I'm banning you guys from talking about fucking movies, even though I'm a guest on this. Podcast. And then we didn't know fuck Steve Carell's name either. I know, I know you didn't. Well, the name it of his it's, it's called Love Something, and I'm like, oh. My. Oh, fucking don't talk about it. Don't want to We were. I, I was pretty tired. I was sick that week. I think. Maybe. Yeah. Sick in the uh, head. Is that when you like called a bonus episode, like a proper episode? Yeah. Or- yeah. That is actually exactly what happened. <laughs> well, that's fine. Let's not tease the sick, Joby. Come on. Oh, See? sorry. Cuts both ways, you bastard. Oh. Anyway, you're in the states. Yeah, Come I was in uh, New Orleans. New Orleans. Yep. For uh, did you eat anything amazing? No. What? What do you mean, no? You didn't eat anything amazing. Did you eat some fucking grits? Some shrimp and grits? Oh, my God. Is grits just NOLA? Like New Orleans? Or is it? Is, no, is it, is it like exclusive oh. to the, the South or is that in the US thing? Uh, it's south, Southern US. Grits can get fucked and, and die in an alley. Like, it is the tofu of sides. Ugh. <laughs> It it's, looks it's, like mash, and I fucking love mash. And I'm like, okay. fuck yeah, get some grits up me, and sure. yeah. Then no, no, never ordered grits again. Right. It's porridge. You know it's porridge, right? No, I don't. Now I do. Yeah, it's it's literally just porridge. It's like they've got they've got like four billion different fucking names for porridge, basically. Uh, 
like there's grits and there's like fucking uh, oatmeal and there's porridge, obviously. And yeah, it's it's horseshit. Like they just fucking they make this shit up as they go along. Porridge is spelled like forty billion different ways as well. It's fucking horseshit. Fuck porridge. <laughs> I actually love porridge to be honest, but I don't, I don't you know. like it. It's consistency of snot. So no, that's just it. if you make it wrong. Like I make the best porridge. Okay, really? There's, there's literally no question about it. The trick is right. You fry the oats, <laughs> and then you cook the whole thing in uh, butter and milk. <laughs> It's basically the fatty, like, fucking Fruit Loops has nothing on the dangerous health content that my porridge has poses to children. Like, p- children would get fat faster on my fucking porridge than they would on, like, a diet of nothing but Fruit Loops and Cocoa Pops. It's hmm. pretty good stuff. Diabetes, the meal? <laughs> no, no, there's no, not really actually all that much sugar. It's, <laughs> oh. most, it's almost all just fat. It's... Or oh, cholesterol. Good, good so, fat uh, or bad fat? All the fats. Like so just many different types of fats. Okay. Like, just, uh, yep. okay. You can maybe so, some. I'll try I'll it. Yep. Because and I'm glad my mum doesn't listen to podcasts, but <laughs> as I learned in later years, like she makes some great food. Like she yep. makes killer roast and uh, lasagna, best lasagna I've ever had in my life. Mm. But fuck me, there are certain things that she's just sucked at. And just, but bless her heart, like the little engine that could, she just kept making them and we just kept eating them. So, for instance, I grew up thinking that quiche was garbage. Like, quiche was literally the worst food that you could ever have in your life. Oh, yeah. Until someone forced me to try some quiche somewhere and I'm like, my God, quiche is amazing. <laughs> we used yeah. to have corn fritters. Who has corn fritters? Like, what the fuck is that? Ugh. Anyways, flashbacks. Do you uh, not like corn fritters? No. Because I make corn fritters like you wouldn't fucking believe. All right, right. So the porridge, trick is, right, porridge. you get so much fat. <laughs> <laughs> and then you fry it. <laughs> and you got to fry the corn. <laughs> Fruit Loops have got nothing on my corn. You definitely need to start that cooking channel, Trevi. That could be your uh, catchphrase until oh, yeah. you get an injunction from whoever the fuck owns Fruit Loops and says you can't say a name anymore. You could just have a channel called, like, uh, Will It Deep Fry? And then it just it's just you sending out. Of course it will, you fucking idiot. Yeah, it's just- fucking, of course it is. Look, I'm eating it out of the fryer. I'd watch that. I would watch the fuck out of that. Um, I also had gumbo. Gumbo. What do you think? garbage but garbage. i'm told that you're supposed to have it with some sort of hot sauce which they didn't have anywhere so i tried it a couple of times and it was just like like shit camp soup i would call gumbo shit camp soup. <laughs> sorry to the great people of new orleans but <laughs> i ate your shit camp soup and found it wanting your shit camp soup and your fucking porridge <laughs> uh, to be honest um yeah I hope the whole fucking shit. the whole city goes underwater. Um, the swamp, and you all get eaten by gators. <laughs> that was me, yeah, embellishing Job's line. Mm. By the way, they, they have guns there, man. Fuck, they do guns. Yeah. Well, yeah, guns. it's, it's yeah. America like, in the South. It's like America plus two, right? Yeah. Yeah. One in the so ankle. What, what amazing shit did you see? Uh, we went on a swamp tour. Oh yeah. Did you see any so, gators? Yeah, fuck yeah, they're everywhere. Cool. 
And somehow managed to, like, we did a swamp tour and then, like, a, a city tour of its criminal underbelly history. Both times, I managed to score the loosest tour guide. Um, <laughs> the, the gated tour guide was was <laughs> just started rambling in some other language, and he's on a microphone. So, we're like, we're like literally, is this guy having a stroke? <laughs> just repeating the same word over and over again. It was a French word for here. I don't know what it is. If someone can tell me what it was, then I will quote it at everyone for the rest of my life. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> No, it wasn't that. It wasn't like, here or some shit. Um, so, like, it was not discernible English, which he had been speaking moments before. And then he decided to explain what it was, and he's like, I'm just calling out to the alligators in French in case they speak French. And we all laughed, but he did it every time we saw an alligator. <laughs> so I, running I think he was... I th- no, I think he was serious. <laughs> like... I th- yeah, he was a bit loose, um, and he and he told us this amazing parenting story about how he was swimming in a certain part of where he took us, and there was all these gators in the water swimming around his kids, and his kids freaked out. Yeah, he lets his kids swim around gators as you do, and then he jumped in the water near the gator. Um, he's a crazy man. Yeah. Hmm. So, anyways, it was that. Uh, yeah. Well, his thing was like, if I'm taller than the gator, it's not likely to attack me. Ah, yeah, okay. That stands up to scrutiny. <laughs> uh, yep. Well, he was still there, so yeah, True. it was that. And yep. then the criminal uh, history tour. And I, I like. I keep telling everyone this story, and I feel like I'm gonna like wake up with a horse head in my bed one day, or just wake up dead, because it's. I think it's hilarious. But our tour guide, I I played like asked too many questions. Um, and this guy clearly knew like way too much about organized crime and was like yeah. friends with descendants of or friends with people who were st- literally stabbed in their homes for being like the king pimp of New Orleans. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I'm like, when did you first become interested in um, in this sort of criminal underbelly part of uh, New Orleans? And he said, well, let me just tell you that I'm definitely not in the witness protection program. <laughs> <laughs> And then when I asked a few too many more questions, he said, don't become a stone in my shoe, which I'm told is a Sicilian curse for basically like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so my inquisitive okay. nature was shut down at that point. He was a scary man, hmm. but also very, very entertaining, including the point where he decided to randomly, without any notice, while he was telling this story about Al Capone coming to visit New Orleans, and apparently no mob people are allowed to visit New Orleans without an invitation. Oh. So Al Capone turns up at the station without an invitation because he, uh, the local people are selling alcohol to one of his competitors. So he turns up to try to you know, smooth things over and get them selling to him. And he gets off the train and there's a mobster waiting with two policemen behind him because all the police are on the take. And he gets up in his face. Now, while he's telling this story, he decides to pick out some larger guy in the crowd who's recording by the way um and treat him as if he's al capone <laughs> goes you fat motherfucker get the fuck out of my city <laughs> <laughs> and guy's reaction was priceless so yeah it was uh, a lot of fun and like apart from it just being some sort of embellished thing they actually had like the writer on hand in our group for instance uh the game writer i should say to for Mafia 3, I said that? Whatever. No, no, it could have been anything. Uh, yeah, it could have been anything. Could have been, yeah. to, um, Call of Duty. To relay... <laughs> I assumed what? it was Call of Duty. Yeah. In New Orleans, yeah. It's this space. In New Orleans. In the swamps, yeah. 
But uh, the lead writer was there, there to kind of offer a context of how they used what he was talking about for inspiration and the different locations that we visited and whatnot and how they've been digitized in New Bordeaux, which is a fictionalized city, but very much based on New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So it's fascinating. And the game's great. I love the game. And I'm a big fan of first two Mafia games. So you gents, fans of first yes. two Mafia games? Very, very much, much so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Both of them? Uh, well, the first one a lot more than the second. I really like the like second one. For me. Yeah, I really like the second one, but fuck me, the first one. I liked the second one, but yeah, the first one was... It's like a top 20 game for me, the first one. I uh, yeah. I lost a lot of time playing that one, just doing races and shit. And I don't even like to race in games all that much. I'm no Heath, but uh, yeah. I spent a lot of time doing races in that fucking first game. I just, I'm just captivated by the world. Like they've created this world and they made you a part of it so well, probably because, you know, they had police that reacted to how you drove and stuff. <laughs> Which, <They sure> did. <coughs> uh, Nathan. <laughs> they have watered down. There is water uh, in the petrol, you might say. Uh, yeah, it's interesting because. I don't know how familiar you guys are with Mafia 2, mm-hmm. but I actually didn't realize that there was a fuel mechanic, or I'd forgotten that there was a fuel mechanic because I played Mafia like I played fucking GTA, which is that I just steal cars frequently. So I'd, I'd, I would sort of get attached to a car and get it to my garage, but then I would, you know, get chased by the police, run down an alley, and then steal another one, you know? So it was never a big deal for me. <clears throat> but Hayden Blackman, the um, creative director on Mafia 3, was saying that, there was actually depth beyond that in that your the capacity of your fuel tank impacted your overall top speed. Yeah, you And weight. if you lost Yeah, like and if you lost a windshield and stuff, that would also impact it. I'm like, fucking hell, I didn't even know it went to to that degree. So <clears throat> while they've gotten rid of the fuel management for Mafia Three, uh, and it was interesting because he said and he said I'll be very interested to see how um, the players react to that because his argument for getting rid of it as well as toning down the traffic violation stuff it's still there it looks like they put it back in to be honest um, but it's still there okay. to a certain extent uh, is that <clears throat> he said look the whole thing once you, you hit the second act is that it's all like forward momentum it's a revenge story it happens in a much more concise time say compared to Mafia which happened over 10 years this one's like kind of like a year story but it's about this guy getting revenge and dismantling and he's like it sounds like they had it there at the beginning and then they took it out which is interesting but kind of to appease the the people who are fans of the more simulated driving stuff Mm. they've added in normal driving mode and then simulation driving mode which i had a fucking hoot playing as because they've clearly looked at and i haven't seen the movie which is really bad of me um but i've seen trailers and references enough to know what it's about but bullet you guys know that movie yeah steve mcqueen movie yeah and the very famous driving, right? Yeah. And simulation mode, when you're in the right car, it fucking feels like bullet, man. When you yeah. nail that handbrake turn and it fucking puts the, the ass out, but you get it around a corner without hitting anything and you just boot off afterwards. It's And I'm not even a car guy, and I was like, this is fucking awesome. But also, quite a learning curve because you can spin out way easier. If your car gets damaged, particularly the tires, it becomes... Not impossible to drive, but certainly a lot harder than what they've got going in the more arcade-like uh, normal mode. But what I really love about it is the fucking combat. Holy shit. It's um, it's quite brutal. But also, you're limited to two weapons. But it seems like throughout the whole game. So 
uh, secondary being like you know a pistol or Luke you'll like this the um you know the Terminator Two shotgun oh yeah that's a secondary that you can unlock later and he does he reload does it like that does he sure does he does cool. the spin reloads which I fucking loved except it takes a long time between shots <laughs> <laughs> um for that the flare but you know kind of worth it unless you're getting shot at by clansmen um and then you know your primary which is your shotguns or your assault rifles or your smgs or whatever but the ammo is so limited uh at least i didn't i didn't upgrade it so if you leave it at default you'll get into firefights if you're going action heavy which i did a bit of as well as stealth but if you're getting uh, into firefights you run out of ammo like a lot and i was playing on pc with you know all of the aim benefits of a mouse uh, and running out of ammo quite a bit. So having to cycle through primary weapons and when you find one on someone's body, it's not, you know, it doesn't instantly give you all of the ammo that you could possibly have for that weapon as well. So you find that you're actually testing out different guns than what you would normally in your play style. I don't know about you guys, but the competitive first person shooter player in me has kind of been conditioned to find a weapon or two that works the best yep. and just stick to it until I get completely fucking bored because I'm annihilating and then I feel bad and I should switch. But this one makes you have a taste of everything uh, really like kind of early on so that you you start to get a feel for what you like and what you don't like. And then obviously, depending on the range of the weapons, you have to adjust your tactics. They've got destructible cover and stuff in there. Uh, and the kind of cover system moving in and around and over cover is quite satisfying. Um, especially, it was a little bit sticky when I played with it earlier in the year and they seem to have refined that quite a bit so yeah heaps and heaps of fun and i'm hopefully going to be putting up some footage of it because i recorded a bunch of footage. oh cool nice i have to edit which sucks so i'll get my girlfriend to help me with that yeah um were they like you have to edit it you can't just put it all in <laughs> yes <Yeah>. I hate <laughs> when they unfortunately that. it looks gorgeous on pc the only problem i had um with the pc version was that there was car popping which I just thought would just be a thing in the past. You know, cars in the distance would materialize noticeably. Mm, that's I not fucking good. hate. Uh, not people, not objects, but just the cars. And then that was at the beginning of the game, and maybe that's because I was in a section of the map that had sort of longer distances on the roads and whatnot. But later in the game, I couldn't. I kept looking for it, but couldn't see it. So I'm not sure whether they've kind of refined what I played second and then have yet to go back to the original part. Um, but I'm hoping that they fix that because that would just suck. Like, cause it's such an immersive experience and something like that, I think takes you out of it every time you notice it. Mm-hmm. And it's such a simple thing, especially on a PC, right? When like, you, if you're dealing with high end PCs, like if you're on lower end, sure, let people turn down the draw distance. But if you're on high end, you kind of expect it to not have that, right? Yeah. 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 So, um, big mafia fan and really excited like, but I've been I've been excited from the announcement, and I mean it, I, I kind of balked at it for a second when they were like it's not a traditional mafia story and it's someone from outside the family taking it down. But then I thought about it and I realised that the first two games were kind of carbon copy in terms of their plot, like in terms of a rags to riches story of an Italian American rising up through the ranks of the mafia and then kind of turning against it. Um, they don't want to talk about what happens at the end of Mafia 2, which makes me so sad because they better fucking answer that in Mafia 3. Do you guys finish it? Yep. I don't remember it. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. You, um, it ties in, right, to the first one. Well, yeah. 
that, no, 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 no. That's not at the end, is it? No, that's not at the end. Right at the end. Two thirds of the way in. I don't think it's too spoilery, but like you spend the whole game with you and your friend in Mafia 2. Uh, you play as Vito Scaletta, who's also in Mafia 3. So there's okay. also, you know, you already know that what happens to him, I guess, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been exiled to New Bordeaux, so the story goes. But his friend Paulie gets sort of taken away in another car, and you like, it just fucking basically fades to black, and you're like, no. And none <laughs> of the DLC answered. Oh, black. yeah. And you're like, you got really attached to this guy. And, and the point, the, the scene that you're thinking about, Job, if I'm going to read your mind, which I'm not going to say anything too explicit about the reason like i have a lot of love for mafia 2 was the way that the first game ends is fucking heartbreaking and i bawled um <laughs> and the game had yeah. made me cry before and i cried and i'm like what this super fucking amazing action game has made me cry that's really fucking weird um and then mafia 2 when you kind of get to interact with that scene you guys know what i'm saying yeah i picked it before it happened because the area started looking familiar <laughs> what they were talking about started looking and, I'm, and I was like in denial I'm like no 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 we're not doing this we're not doing this and yep. then it happens and I was so like torn because I loved these two new characters yeah but I but I hated what I had to do <laughs> yeah and like that's why I'm like these guys deserve so much kudos because they've made me get attached to these guys. I wouldn't say in a bigger way than, um, what was his name? Tommy from the original game. Uh, but certainly in enough of a way that I didn't just kind of rage quit and go, nah, fuck this and detach from them. And by the time I get to the end of the game, again, I'm so attached that I'm like, what's happened to my mate? Like what the fuck? And didn't get an answer. And I mean, what's it been like six, seven, eight years, maybe between games. Uh, probably about <laughs> six, I think. Six, yeah, right? I'm, I'm. Yeah, yeah. I think it's six. I think it was yeah. seven or eight between the first two. But I'm really just hoping that they have some disgustingly embellished for the fans flashback sequence with Vito, which they probably <laughs> won't. It'll just be dialogue or something. But fuck, I want to know what happened to. <laughs> 2010 was Mafia Two. Yeah, right. So six years. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, that was Mafia Three. Very excited. Um, and very excited to play it on PC. I'm sure you guys, with especially you, Joby, with your graphics card, will be very yep. keen. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I know that some people... Do you guys play third-person games, prefer to play them with controllers or with keyboard mouse? Uh, controllers. I prefer to drive in GTA with a controller. And yeah. So I, I imagine I will prefer to drive in Mafia with a controller, but that's okay. You can shoot. Could you shoot out of them in the old games? I can't remember. I don't remember. You can shoot out of the cars now, or you can shoot out of the cars if it was in there before. Sorry, fans, you better correct me. Uh, so that might be reason to reach for the mouse. But I agree. I think that I will have the controller plugged in for the car driving, uh, especially because they've got that awesome rear vision mirror mechanic. It sounds like such a simple thing, but it's like every game should uh, that has driving should adopt it. So at the top of the screen, there's a big rear vision mirror. Yep showing exactly what's behind you. So when you've got that car behind you, instead of like clicking the button to kind of go into rear vision uh, to see where they are, to, to you know line up that parked car so they're going to smash into it, you use your rear vision mirror. Like you just glance just up. There. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And, and it fits with the kind of like still fits with the, the fantasy of driving a car. Um, and it's because it's top screen real estate. Um, it, it's not really destroying your view of what's straight ahead either. 
Like, mm-hmm. you can still see exactly what's in front of you, but it's, like, right at the top. And it's not so big that it's intrusive, but it's not small that you can't see what's happening behind you. And I think it's great. Sounds awesome. Sick. Yeah, I'm pumped for I'm it. fucking amped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what, October 7, I think? It's out? You probably should Fuck. know that. But anyways, it's about a month. About a month away. It's a month. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that was... Um, wasn't that generally considered around the time that would release NBA 2K? Was it? Yeah, was it? it was early October. Um, it seems like that's taken its place now. Oh, yeah, okay. Is that being yeah, pushed back? No, uh, it's out next week now. Yeah. All right. There you go. I think they didn't want it to compete with FIFA, uh, and they'd prefer for it to take on NHL, which is out yeah. next week. So NBA two, 2K15 was October 7th. Um, yep. and then 16 was September 29th, whereas it's got, yeah, it's basically coming a bit earlier every, every year. It looks like now. Hmm. Yeah. I think they're just, I think it's better for them to adjust to not collide with the juggernaut that is FIFA. But, I mean, but I mean, also they they are a juggernaut, right? They're, they're one of the highest selling games every year. Yeah. One FIFA? of FIFA or NBA, 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 right. but like if you were to if you were count to count them, it'd go FIFA, Madden, NBA. Like let's have no illusions here. I, I know where our particular allegiances lie, and fuck, I don't even know at this point because FIFA seventeen is fucking awesome. But uh, yeah, typically we prefer NBA as a game, but worldwide, FIFA and Madden outsell it by fucking stacks. So I mean, if you don't have to directly compete with it. I can imagine not doing that. You could always release a first-person shooter and then release another one a week later. <laughs> like EA. Yeah. Fuck it. I, I still can't believe that it's coming out. I can't I, believe that the announcement hasn't happened yet, that it's been pushed back. I am fucking... The mind boggles, man, because that shit... It just doesn't work. Like, it's... They're sending it out to die. Yeah, so we're talking about Battlefield 1 and Titanfall 2. Titanfall, yeah. Anyone listing so um, yeah I'm- yeah it, it's it oh it, like to compete i get i i love the balls of the fuck you to cod you know even though i'm looking forward to cod like that that's ballsy to release two shooters to kind of i'm assuming gun for this idea of like sh- shooter exhaustion um to try and hit cod sales you can assume and like in terms of timing it to capitalize on the idea of the big negative community reception towards um this Call of Duty game, which I don't yeah. understand, but then again, I've not been a like a big fan of the game since what Black Ops Two era? No, before that, original Black Ops. So I, I yeah, I don't, I have don't have that fatigue, um, and I haven't really touched it. I've touched little bits of it since then. So yeah, but, but, but like that just seems silly, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what kind of person? I mean, I'm sure that there is a certain percentage of the of the gaming population that buys every big release, right? Fair enough. But they can't be a majority, surely. You'd want to hope they've done their numbers on it. Anyways, I would be very interested to look at the sales of Titanfall 2. <laughs> and Battlefield 1, for that matter. Because EA seems to be worried about that, right? Uh, yeah, EA does seem to be... Well, they reduced their, esti- uh, their estimates, right? For Battlefield, or they just posted lower than expected estimates for Battlefield One sales, which was surprising to me. 
Is, does it have a single player? Yeah, it does. That's the best part, isn't it? Um, I really should have asked Old Mate about it, Lars. Yeah, yeah. But just, but just like so a simple, much like, to talk about with the MP, and it's yeah. it, it, like it'd literally just be a question of what's going on with the single player because and and the other thing is that Lars will fucking talk forever, so yeah, it's, it's dangerous to get him started. But uh, yeah, it's like um, how come usually you guys are fucking shoveling this shit down our throats? <laughs> like on the other hand, let's not look this gift horse in the mouth. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't want them to talk about single player <laughs> over multiplayer, but I do want. I, I don't know. There's this. It's a weird thing. Like World War One, the kind of there's this kind of feeling of reverence. I don't know if that resonates yeah. with any of you guys, but like, but like it should. It shouldn't be a COD style story. That it should be a little bit more respectful than your average sort of modern warfare or even World War Two story. To be fair, from what we've been given in games. Um, yeah, so I'm hoping I'm hoping it's great, and I think we've seen bits of it, right? Like the the initial reveal trailer, and then the initial what led into the gameplay trailer was the shots of the guys in the tanks, that shot of the dude looking up at the blimp. Unless that was just completely CG stuff to me, and there was you know mentions of names, and there was the pigeon in the tank, and the artillery coming in on the enemy tank. It seems yep. like that's all from single player, which yeah. I'm okay with. Like, I'm, I don't need it to be a big story, a long story. I love the idea that they're going back to jumping around between perspectives of soldiers because that, to me, uh, lends credibility already to the idea that they're not just going to have this one super soldier who can fly planes and, you know, drive tanks. And, and the fact that they've said the other one right thing, which was they're going to make more of a battlefield single player, which to me means this idea of, like, kind of, kind of more open approach to combat, at least I would hope. Yeah that that's there i don't know how they're going to juggle that with the mixed perspectives because it's i don't think it's like you should be able to expect to be in a plane and then go nah fuck this i'm going to jump out parachute pick up a gun and then jump in a tank and kill everyone although i guess i'd kind of be okay with that but <laughs> we'll see yeah yeah there could be a reason they're not talking about it joe because of us could be. us i mean press because yeah and, and press who are fans, I should say, because we had did fucking slam them twice for Battlefield Three and Battlefield Four for leading with single player. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, that's what I meant when I'm like, you know, let's not look this gift horse in the mouth. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, fucking cool. <laughs> They're not talking about it. Yay! I just, I, I genuinely couldn't remember. I had like a fucking moment where I'm like, wait is there just no single player they've been so fucking quiet about it just, yeah but uh it's one of those situations where I might not even like unless I have to play it for review I might not even play the fucking single player for a while hmm. it might take some time it took me fucking a year and a bit to play Battlefield 4's single player so yeah and I don't think I finished it either and it's only four hours long, so <laughs> it's rancid garbage. <laughs> yep. And it's like I, you know, got into the multiplayer, and then towards the end of my time with Battlefield 4's multiplayer, before they started adding in the community um, DLC sort of things, 
I was getting bored with, you know, kicking ass with the regular weapons. So I was getting to the stage where I was just doing weapon objectives. And then it got to the oh, yeah. point where I was like, oh, if I replay the single player, because obviously I played single player at some review event, so I didn't have a save game. If I just replay four hours, then I'll unlock all these weapons. And I was like, no, nah, fuck that. <laughs> I'm, not that I'm not going through that shit again. Should we talk about Battlefield 1 then? More. The multiplayer. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> That's we've been playing that the last week, right? Yep. What do you think, Luke? Because I don't know. What's your yeah. history with Battlefield games? I find that interesting because Joe and I obviously balls deep in it. I really liked um, Bad Company uh, mainly because I'm yeah, not I'm not a uh, a tank uh, or vehicle person. I, I usually like just being the guy on the ground and just going around shooting. Um, so I really like that sort of stuff and. Uh, Battlefield 4 was a lot of fun, so was 3, but when I play those games, I am I just like to run around and shoot stuff, and when I get killed by either a tank or uh, a plane, I'm usually just like, oh man, that's fucked, because I just, yeah, that's not the type of game I like playing. Um, which is why when we play Battlefield 4 and we get in the to the maps where it's just like purely infantry, I have an awesome time with that sort of stuff. Um so I don't dislike Battlefield. I, I think it's awesome. It's a really fun game. Um, just there's certain components about it I'm not a fan of. But uh, and, and playing Battlefield One, uh, I really wasn't having that much of a good time with it. Uh, with in, with the map, I guess, um, and, and I guess the gameplay as well. I just wasn't. I wasn't getting that feeling that I that I had before with Battlefield games uh, until. Uh, we jumped into a squad and started playing as a group, which completely changed my perspective on it. Uh, and I had a lot of fun playing it that way. A lot more than just running around by myself. That's, that's for sure. So actually jumping in with a group and doing objectives and, and having, working as a team was so much, so much more of a better time than, than just running around solo. Uh, but I, I guess you can say that with every game, it's a lot more fun playing with other people, but, uh yeah, completely changed my outlook on that game. Um, when we were running around as a squad of four, I think it was. On when was this? Uh, you you weren't there. Cool. <laughs> it was. You got a bet or something? Yeah, I think. Thanks, guys. Sure. Uh, it was like me, Nathan, hit you up. Seb, uh, maybe Fiorum was there. Just a couple of nights ago. Yeah, there's the same person, Luke. We we hit Eth up as well. <laughs> of course. Oh, sorry, not not Seb. Uh. Who am I? Drew. 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 Yep. Yeah, that was it. <clears throat> Drew. Um, and then uh, some random dude. They got oh, <laughs> locked squad. in our squad. Yeah. yeah. Fucking respawn guy. <laughs> but, yeah, that was awesome fun. Like, running around and we pretty much just got into a tank straight up and, like, Nathan was driving, I guess you could call it. Uh, and then... <laughs> <laughs> I think I've been dr- I was drunk, wasn't I? Yeah, you've been drinking a bit. But yeah. it was just nice. funny being like, I'm in a fucking hole. I can't get out. I don't get out of a hole. Uh, yeah, and then, like, stuck. the rest of us being on machine guns and basically going from point to point uh, and capturing these objectives and uh, and then looking at the scoreboard and, like, our entire group being first, second, third, fourth, fifth type thing. Um, yep. And it didn't seem like we were winning. Like, you looked at the kill count and we weren't doing that great, but it was the fact we were doing objectives uh, which kind of put us up there. So, and then, like, the next game we we, we sort of didn't really 
get in the tank much at all. It was more running around as infantry and, like, going through buildings and backing each other up and capping points through that way. Like, we seemed to play play a different role each time we jumped into a, uh, a new round, which is a lot of fun as well. Um, so, yeah. And uh, I don't know about Nathan's playstyle, but I went from being an assault <laughs> rifle dude to... Uh, all right, now I'm going to be the sniper guy and then, like, getting a feel for all the different types of weapons that are in there, and that was a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, definitely playing with a group of people that I was friends with and doing objectives was a much better time for me, anyway. And it changed my... Yeah, I wasn't sold on it at all. And I think it's the map. Maybe the map just isn't... <laughs> it's just maybe too big, not enough cover. Um yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They, what you were about. saying, weren't you, about uh, how they, when they made Jakku in Star Wars Battlefront, of all places, uh, one of the things they did really well, and I 100% agree with you, is uh, they created cover fucking everywhere. Like, yeah. you're able to move from cover to cover. You weren't just moving from death lades and sand dunes, but actual cover that you could use to fucking hide your ass so that when you're moving, like in, a, in Battlefield 1, uh, the the beta, if you like, if you played it at home, uh, you'll know this fucking run. It's a it's a nightmare. But the A B C run is a fucking like you you're rolling the dice every time. If you didn't play it, um, basically from A to B, you run across some train tracks, and you are a fucking free shot for an easy 250 meters which i mean at battlefield pace is a good 12 seconds um 12 seconds 20 seconds um and yeah you're fucking wide open and then from b to c another 200 or so meters before you reach any sort of decent cover and once again you're fucking free shot uh for anyone camping in the buildings at sea and it's just bananas. Like, you need something to fucking hide behind because, yeah. Otherwise, there were there were multiple times when I'd be like, well, we've got C, D, F, G, and E. And they've got B and A. But we don't have a car. So let's just hold C. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. thought the home I base as well. Like, deal with it, right? Like, pluck. Yeah. The, the, like there's a, think- there's a spot further down like towards the center of the map that's at the lower part i can't remember if that's a spawn or if that's a um uh it might be a flag cap but like getting from there up to like oh, towards eight. the train yeah. fucking takes ages like we had a car but we didn't have enough slots and i was like look i'll just run it sorry like i'll just i'll get i'll meet you there and i was must have been running for like fucking two minutes t- to try and get to the next spot it took ages and all it is is just dirt. Like, you can't see anything else that's, like, around you. You're just heading towards mm. this this area, and there's nothing really... Because all the action is, is further north. There's, that's, like, the one spot where there's kind of isolated. And I guess it's to kind of um, give people a chance to have, like, come back and, and uh, you know, at least get one spot and then work their way to, to uh, the, other, the other areas. Um, but otherwise, it's very isolated, and it's really not near anything. Yes. Uh, that's E. That is E, and E is a problem. E is probably exactly the problem where I think they could benefit from some fucking wrecks or something to give people some cover. Because, yeah, running from E 
I mean, first of all, you could have just stood on top of a car, <laughs> as we found yeah, we out. Did today. <laughs> <laughs> I was just standing on top of uh, Nate's little single-seater tank, hmm. standing behind the turret, using it as cover and using it to deploy the the bipod on my uh, rocket so launcher. <laughs> it was pretty good. We were able to drive around as like a fucking double fucking damage dealing motherfuckers. Uh, that was pretty good, but um. Yeah, no, that would be that. That is exactly one of the like perfect places where they could deploy some fucking sweet wreckage because it'd be thematically appropriate as well uh, out in the middle of that sort of juni area. But yeah, Nate, you were going to say something, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I was going to say that, um, that one of the biggest things that Dice seems to like when creating maps is they want it to feel like it's the first time that you've had a battle there um, and, and when they added destructibility so that you can see that you know buildings and walls and things that were there originally throughout the, the match are no longer there and, and you have this tangible impact on the world and I was going to say that that was applicable to the Sinai Desert map but it's not true because there's a couple of burnt tank wreckages that are pre-placed yep. within the uh, C to D, between C and D, which mm. is just bizarre because they there's so much cover there that they actually become a pain in the ass because one of them's flaming and you like can't spe- see or spot things through the flame, sort of, but if someone's got a beat on you like from a higher vantage point, they, they've got a really easy shot on you. So what they should do, in my opinion, is they should have had some sort of tank battle or something, like you just suggest- suggested, out in the E between E and A and even B near yep. the tracks so those kind of happened and stopped at D. So it's like the armor's been sent in, the main force of the armor's been sent in, it's ended in a stalemate, and then everyone's coming in to kind of contest this mm. town. Which kind of adds to the fiction and whatnot. But but ultimately, yeah, like the Jakku map uh, in Battlefront, there was still long lines of sight in Jakku. You could still very successfully snipe in that map if people were just running in straight lines down the kind of longish corridors but also if the team was dominating you with snipers you could jink between cover really really easily and you still felt like you had a fighting chance to to get you know get beneath them or get Mm -hmm. towards them and close enough to them to engage them with your weapons that might not be very good at long range so it wasn't as frustrating and it made for a map that felt like kind of more fun and and also more importantly for that game it didn't feel like the they have Tatooine maps why am mm. I blanking on that did they yeah I'm trying to remember the six uh, the 40 dust uh, maps yeah definitely <laughs> it was dirt yeah but it, it felt different to those because yeah. I was like oh yeah another fucking desert map that's going to feel original but they you know they cracked that riddle and mm. also like bigger than that they made you feel like you were part of the the kind of movie universe as well because of the links to episode 7 and the fact that there was according to Star Wars lore um, a battle there now there's no reason why that couldn't be happening in Battlefield 1 you don't need to be the first army there and clearly because they've already put some wreckage down and sandbags and all that sort of stuff you're not so I don't know why they haven't thought of that and for me Joby we were talking about this earlier the bigger problem is that they've they've flipped the conquest stuff on its head and this in itself is not a problem it's just the background so that there's no longer ticket bleed so you don't start at a high number that counts down to zero and the team that hits zero first loses in which case kills and kill farming actually counts towards your team's contribution towards winning uh, and medic revivals Mm-hmm. Uh, actually deter like they give you a ticket back which is why you would get dickhead medics who are arguably trying to 
meet the needs of the team and just reviving you constantly in front of people mm. shooting you, which is incredibly infuriating. So they've made it so that the full emphasis, which is what you were talking about, Luke, when we were rolling around and capping points and the reason we were at the top of the leaderboard, even though our KDR wasn't particularly impressive by mm. the guys on the other team standards, even who would have been sitting in single-seater tanks and dominating. Mm. Um, but, but what's happened in, in Battlefield 1 is that people, they haven't communicated that idea effectively, I think. And it gives you a lot of people playing Scout, hanging out in rocks, in mm. high spots, where they are difficult to see, uh, where they're not capping points, they're not even really defending points, they're just picking off people running between those points that we've talked about. And the problem is their kills no longer count towards ticket bleed, so they are literally not playing objective. But what else do you do with a Scout, I guess, in their mind? You can't really play them super aggressively unless you've unlocked certain weapons. So in their mind, they're still contributing to their team by stopping people from getting to or from capture points, which I guess is kind of fair enough. But but really, like if you added cover, you'd still give infantry a fighting chance or the motivation to run from E to A, from A to B, yep. um, and all this other stuff, which for me, like I don't know if you guys tried Rush, no. but Rush was unplayable from what I played. Because yeah. if you're imagining the map, you have uh, it starts where the G point is in Conquest. So you've got that big lot of rocks above, and you've got that big lot of rocks out to the left if you're looking up towards the rest of the map. And that's still in play. It's not out of bounds. So what you get is an attacking team that locks down the cliffs up top and the cliffs over to the side with snipers, and they don't need many. So we're sort of talking two to four max and they yep. are just sniping you as you spawn um and you're reliant on like someone in a tank to kind of dominate or use it like a multi-seater tank yeah or dislodge them or use a multi-seater tank as a respawn point and they haven't been selfish and prioritize kill farming by spawning in these infinitely superior single-seater tanks ah yes so like what it descended into was just getting sniped at spawn and they haven't we were i was also bitching this um, with Joby earlier, they haven't added like a. I think they used to have one or, or one and a half, or maybe even two seconds of respawn invincibility, which I'm fully aware of. There are you know arguments for and against, but in a game that Joby pointed out that stops you from spawning on someone who's under fire, um, to then if you spawn on them when it deems that it's safe, and immediately you get stabbed in the back or shot. So you've literally spawned into fire. It's so disorienting. There's no way to really know what's happening. And you die as soon as you spawn. Well, I would count that as a bad spawn system, even yep. though I have spawned directly onto you. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if they've got a system in place to like either, you know, um, let us spawn whenever the fuck we want, and that means spawning into death, that's on yep. us. <clears throat> or add in a second of like invincibility on what the game considers to be a safe spawn to kind of stop that that feeling of like, well, the game was telling me I couldn't spawn, and now it's saying it's okay, but it wasn't. Like, because yeah. you start blaming the game. Like, don't give the player reasons to blame the game for their own stupid decision. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those cases where like the onus is like if if they're going to take responsibility, then the responsibility is firmly upon them to make sure you're safe but i guess uh the flip side is how long like an invincibility system do you get because you know like if you like let's say the three of us are playing you two are on the other team um 
Luke spawns in on you and I turn a corner as that happens I'm gonna I'm gonna feel fucking ripped off if I shoot into Luke and he doesn't die you know that's the I guess that's the trick but that's not what was happening like I was spawning in and you were fucking currently getting the shit kicked out of you I'm like (laughs) what the fuck is this (laughs) like I I literally just sat there for 10 seconds waiting for you you to be an available spawn because it was like oh under fire under fire I'm like Okay, well, like, how the fuck does that work then? Like, first of all, Nate, you could have said something, buddy, but... (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 the onus is on you to tell me that you're looking to spot at me. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, no, it's, it's, like, it's definitely a tricky situation for them. I think they shouldn't have a fucking... Yeah, I don't think there should be a safe spawn. Just let me... Goddamn right. Yeah, spawn in whenever you want, but that means... If you're doing a greedy, like, I want a frontline spawn, yeah. and there's a guy behind the person you're spawning on, or they're under fire, then you're going to die. And then you have to count that as you having a bad spawn, not the game. And I think exactly. that that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, what, what about, uh, speaking of spawning, what do you guys think of spawning directly into vehicles and spawning planes into the world? What do you guys reckon of that about that? Um, I'm okay with the plane stuff, like taking off and all that sort of bullshit. Um, is it necessary? Probably not. Like having the plane just out there ready to go, uh, is obviously a lot quicker. And, uh, for people that aren't geared up for, um, you know, with joysticks and and all that sort of fancy stuff, it's just a lot simpler to just get in there and and start working. Um, Sure. Tanks. I don't know. Like, I never really drove a tank. I was always a passenger. Get on, so we'll get onto tanks in a little in in a bit. Yeah. Uh, but what about like spawning directly into a car? Because like, I don't know. To me, it feels weird that I'm able to spawn into anyone's car anywhere as long as there are free seats. Uh, because you're always safe in a car, pretty much. Like, unless that car turns a corner and there's a fucking tank sitting there. You're pretty much always safe, which means that is the safest frontline spawn there is, right? Yeah, that's fair call. So, I don't know. Like, that seems odd to me. On the other hand, like, because you can spawn into anyone's car. That's the thing. You don't have to spawn into a teammate's car. You can spawn into anyone's fucking car. They're all five-seaters, right? So, like, I don't know. You've got... It feels like you've got a big opportunity there to coordinate with your team if your team is even remotely capable of coordination and uh and you can really pump some fucking support back into the, your front lines very fucking quickly very fucking easily because i don't I know like if there idea. was a pull down time but, on the oh, no it's, it's a great idea i think because yeah. it's it's reinforcing the team play idea because you have to i mean you can be in a turret or the, yep. you don't have to just be in the driver's seat but understanding that like in the past, cars and Jeeps and whatnot have been treated as a way to get from A to B. And yeah. they're, they're offering, like, there is no, like, APC equivalent. The APC equivalent in Battlefield 1 is the armored car, but it's it's tricky, man. Like, you've been in that turret, super narrow line of sight. You're utterly reliant on your driver, who's most likely in third person, um, giving you information on where the targets are hopefully good information and it's hard to hit targets when that thing's bouncing around so you basically got to stop start which i think opens you up to counter fire not just from vehicles but from other people but like the idea that you can park 
say at that C point, you can park a car maybe two buildings back, which is seen as relatively safe, but also close enough that you, you can just keep pumping guys in. And maybe mm. you edge it around a corner so that you've got a shot on one of the doors so you can cover that. I think that's yep. a great idea, like to get teams to work together. But I think that the, the problem they're going to have is that there's like not adequate VoIP, right? Like VoIP is limited to your squad, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And there's no commander role now to let you know what the fuck's going on. So you're either reliant sure. on the, ch- the chat, which is usually yeah. filled with hostile stuff, including from me calling people cunts for being shit, um, <laughs> which is, I'm not proud of, but whatever. But <laughs> but yeah, like I would love to have some sort of, I think locational VoIP would be the best way to fix that. I would love to see a battlefield game with voca- locational VoIP. I... Because- <laughs> You agree? I hate that. I hate that there isn't. I hate that locational yeah. VoIP isn't just mandatory standard. at this point. Like, yeah, it should yeah. be. It should be the fucking standard for all shooter games because I think it's fucking brilliant. I think it is such a fucking cool idea. And yeah, oh, people would just get around it and you know use the TS or uh, fucking whatever Discord. that thing is Discord. You know, people get around it, but does, like that, that doesn't matter, right? If you want to talk to your teammates in a 64-player fucking game, right, they're not all going to be in your fucking Discord channel. You may as well fucking just yep. hit alt and yap at them for a bit, and you risk the enemy hearing you. Fucking so cool. It's so, so fuck. It's one of my favorite fucking things in DayZ because, like, it's one of the things that made me love DayZ because you would hear people chatting like strangers because like in daisy i would never ever ever talk to my friends on anything except fucking ts right but if i was gonna rob someone it had to be on directional voip it had to be like locational fucking voip so like it had to happen and i came across so many fucking robberies where i could hear them yapping and i'd be like oh I wasn't actually going to go in that house. I'd go inside and... Oh, well, look at this. Two new victims. Like, it's fucking awesome. It's so cool. Oh, my God. It's it's like... It adds a whole fucking dimension to the game. that I, It just boggles me that it's not a thing. Especially Battlefield, where, you know, the comma rose commands for asking for fucking ammo and... Yeah. Um, health don't seem to be enough. So you're there yelling at some cunt for not giving you ammo, but then there's a dude downstairs who's like, well, I wasn't going to check upstairs, but <laughs> I can hear some guy who's not appearing on my radar abusing another guy. Yeah. That means I've got two kills up there. Like, So he's got, like, One of what them I love... Have ammo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and the thing that I think I and, and you guys as well can relate to love about Siege is that it is a game of information. It's an information exactly. war. Yeah. And I would love to see Battlefield move more towards introducing this information war idea. Because that same thing we talked about with the spawning on the vehicles in the front line, if you've got a guy in that vehicle like rabbiting on about... All right, guys, I'm going to stay in this vehicle. You're like, you run out. Just use it as a deploy point. We're not going to fill it up. We're not driving. Like, someone nearby can hear that. Yep. <laughs> and maybe he's anti-tank. And maybe he gets four kills because people have spawned in. Like, that risk-reward shit is fucking what makes a game more intense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow, we fucking went off on a tangent on that one. Uh, that was... What do you think of spawning into cars? Uh, locational VoIP is good. 
So back to the plane, sorry. Before yep. we get too far off track, back to the planes. What do you think, Nate? Spawning in uh, planes or... No, I like it. I like really? it because the, the problem with airfields will always be that anyone that has air superiority, you have no chance of getting fighters or whatever into the sky, right? No. Because any pilot worth their salt <laughs> will patrol near that. They don't yeah. necessarily need to be there all the time, but they will be constantly keeping an eye out for it. And it's a valid tactic. Why would you let them get their you know, fighters into the sky if you could stop them? But God, it's frustrating as shit. Hmm. I and lament I guess- the loss of that. I, le- I lament the loss of the role of the competent AA gunner uh, yeah, who protects fair. an airfield. Because that is, I think that's what we lose by removing the airfield as a, as a valid target is that entire aspect of the game. And uh, I, I loved, I love AA, I'll be honest. I fucking always, even in Battlefield 4, I spent way too much time focusing on trying to kill planes. I don't know why. I think it's because in Desert Combat, uh, if you were going to be a fucking chopper pilot, you had to be really fucking good. Uh, and so I got addicted to fucking with people who had spent a lot of time learning how to fly the choppers in Desert Combat. <laughs> And uh, so I think that's just carried over. And now I just want to fuck with people in planes. But, yeah, I sort of, yeah, I don't know. I, I always liked, because that was, like, it was it was a key element of air superiority, right? Like, was to then go fucking shit all over their fucking airfields to make sure they never got anything into the air. And, it yeah, people would fucking rage. And so... Yeah, stopping them was fucking... I don't know, it felt really good. I don't know. I, I, well, I don't know cool. it's gone. And you can also just camp near their um, entry points. Like, if you know what points your team holds, you know that, say, they're only going to be coming... Uh, bring in planes from their spawn. Or is yeah. that the only place you can bring them in from? Are there certain points e. you can cap with... Oh, so you can cap E and get more planes, yeah. So if you know that you've got E... You know that yep. they're only going to be spawning over a certain direction, so your path naturally takes you back there to check it. It's the same thing we did in Battlefront. Yep. The same thing you abused people for in Battlefront, which was camping the spawn of the vehicles because they came in at the same fucking point every time, yep. which was frustrating if you were looking to take guys out who were dominating. But then, like Battlefield 4 or Battlefront, you could get sort of sidewinder equivalent weapons. And if you got shitty enough with them, you just like yell at your squad. Everyone go engineer. Everyone get sidewinder. So my first missile is going to miss because there's yep. fucking flares, and then yours will hit, and yours will hit, and then you'll die. And then you'll abuse us for being like sidewinder noobs, or sorry, at a yeah. surface to air missile noobs, or whatever the fuck they're called. <laughs> but yeah. like, fuck them, because a competent chopper pilot in Battlefield Four, like he could both use both seats to himself in a chopper and dominate. Hmm. Like I've seen. Yeah. I've been on the receiving end of that and it's frustrating as fuck. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a, there's a similar thing happening, I guess, in Battlefield 1, but I, I don't really have the solution for them because you like being on the AA job and I would do the same thing, but as we were just talking about with too many scouts, mm. I just find that your average person in a pub server is a selfish piece of shit. Yep. It doesn't play to the needs of the team. They play to whatever the fuck they want to do. Even though they're going to get, you know, points, they probably want the plane 
more than they want the AA or to yeah. stop the other plane. So they're going to keep running at that plane and they're going to, you know, complain. Feeding over kills, yeah. Yeah. Instead of just going, you know what, just chill out. Let's leave that as a target. We've got the AA, whatever. But yeah, I do I do miss the whole, like that E objective reeks of something that should have been a, an airfield, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Actually, E feels like it's own little fucking combat zone like it's just all the fucking all the way off in fucking western australia all the way in fucking perth doing whatever the fuck it wants and every time you go over there it's like a completely different war is going on everything in c like everything from a through to fucking g is this one contained fucking thing except for e where everyone is just battling over this one fucking building and a sniper rifle spawn and it feels really weird because to get there, you got to fucking either hump for fucking days uh, or you got to fucking catch a ride and like hop out at the right time. It's fucking ease a fucking weird, weird spot, man. So it would have been good if it had like a focus, a proper focus, because as it is, right, it's it felt to me like only people in the know were going to eat. Uh, they were going to E for the conflicts and for the superiority that the extra planes delivered the, their team and obviously uh, some cheap Tank Hunter. Uh, but yeah, it felt to me like this sort of, yeah, I don't know, elite area where shit went down and, and there were always really like really good combat out there, but it was so isolated. Just weird. If there was a fucking airstrip out there, then people would fucking work it out. People would be like, oh, well, I'm going to go where well, the planes are. I'm going to steal some planes or some shit. But that's that doesn't happen, I guess. Yeah, I yeah. think that, like like anything, it, it, the more people play, the more that they will learn. And, yeah. and I think that the problem that DICE has always had is that they've kind of got these really, like, sort of deep systems. Um, yeah. and, and the more you play, the more you learn about maps, about weapons, about attachments and things like that even, and how how equipment, particularly in Battlefield 3 and 4, could be, like, combined. So I have really fond memories of playing with a dirty, dirty scout in Battlefield 3, and he was using his drone to highlight enemies, and I was support with a mortar, just called, like, dropping in mortar shells on these guys' head. They had no idea what was going on. It was free kills. And that was awesome. But, like, required the sort of teamwork that you don't necessarily have when you're, um... Why am I blanking on this? Oh, that you don't necessarily have in a pub server, right? Mm -hmm. Loki? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, man. Did you try out any of the planes? Uh, the only plane I got into was the bomber. And oh, yeah. what, did you, were you flying it, or were you I was, one of the guns? I was flying it, but dropping bombs, I guess. Yeah. Did you get any kills? <clears throat> um, I think I got something. Yeah, I think I did get a couple things, but yeah, obviously using a mouse and keyboard to kind of navigate that stuff is a bit weird. Um, oh, it's goofy, isn't it? That thing is so slow to turn that you just like feel like you're flicking the mouse every second. Yeah. What are we? What are we talking about? Navigating planes the, uh, with a mouse and keyboard. Oh, the bombers. Fucking oh, hell. Yeah, the bombers, especially. They're, they're very switching Ill. to controller. Fucking awesome. Yeah, I should do that. So good. 
like I, I became obsessed with flying planes. I mean, they feel really good. I really, I actually really like the planes in Battlefield One because they're thematically an appropriate speed, unlike the fucking F thirty fives in Battlefield Four that are traveling at very very slow paces and engaging in like machine gun dogfights when jets in the modern era have dogfights beyond visual range almost all the time. And obviously that doesn't translate to entertaining gameplay, but fucking hell. It's just always so dumb watching a fucking jet sort of potter along through the air at the speed of a fucking car to me. Uh, in World War One, it seemed, it makes sense. You know? Hmm. Anyway. And yeah. the survivability of the planes, right? Oh, it's, yeah. Like, I mean, it's not just about... Firing, I mean, unless you've got the rockets, which we figured yeah, out. True. It's about, um, you've got, like, if you feel like you have a lot more chance to kind of survive mistakes. Like, there we had a guy, we had a guy right on our tail, like a fighter plane, and we're in an attack fighter, which is a two seater, so it's not as fast, not as maneuverable. And this guy was in a triplane, and he was just fucking sticking to our ass like nobody's business. Yeah. Ended up having to do some really risky stuff in the end to get rid of him. I'm like, I'm like, just pull up, Jeremy, pull up, 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 up. And like, we, I don't think his speed was enough, so he ended up stalling while I was smashing rounds into his engine. And then he peeled off and went and like repaired and allowed us to fly off and repair as well. Like, it was fucking, it was sick. It was a great. I mean, you wouldn't have even got to see any of what was happening I, behind us, but <laughs> no. yeah, I didn't get to see shit. But it was I knew- great. I knew I, I needed to pull him into a stall because uh, that was like he was fucking honest. He was it was like he was attached to us. We were fucked. Uh, like all I could hope was that you would ping him in the fucking brain with one of your shots because yeah, I couldn't work out how the fuck we were going to get rid of him. And so I'm like, fuck it, we'll pull straight up and see if we can like stall out and dive back on him. But he wound up peeling off before we needed to, which was lucky. Because, yeah, we're down to 45 or something. Um, yeah. And we got a couple more fights with him. So, yeah, we did. Like, that was like a super satisfying. And I mean, like, that. Well, guy- one of the things you wouldn't have noticed is that, like, uh, a couple of times he actually, like, hit chunks out of our wings. And that made me, ink- like, ruined the fucking maneuverability on the plane. Ruined it. Like, completely couldn't turn in one direction at one point and we're like heading towards a fucking wall and it was everything i had to bank us away and we're basically scraped a fucking mountain wall trying to fucking turn away because we had nothing like we were unable to turn uh and i'm desperately also attempting to repair while still under fire fucking bananas it was awesome um, yeah and and it's not like a world war ii style rear turret either where you have full like kind of not 360 but a massive firing arc like you get locked in and when you're banking i can't target him and he's like chewing up our tail i'm like dude i got a shot i got a shot like so you've either got to do the you got to level out a bit or bank you know kind of like in a more subtler way but then he's got an easier shot so it's this really cool game of cat and mouse where the cat isn't always the cat because the mouse is firing fucking bullets at his face (laughs) yep yeah, it's awesome. I, yeah, I love the playing content. I, I think they fucking nailed it. Um, I didn't think so at first. Like, I grew to... Like, obviously, changing the controller helped. But uh, also, I think discovering the different loadouts for the planes helped as well. Because, yeah, uh, there are some... I don't know, the rockets to a fucking 
big, make a big difference. Um, Goofy. We got one shot with one of those. We did, yeah. And uh, we got a couple of one shots as well on our own uh, side. We killed some fucking sweet bombers just fucking strafing through them. Oh, and remember when uh, I fucking basically pit maneuvered that plane into the fucking canyon at F? I do, yes. <laughs> I managed to survive that for a breath until I got sniped. <laughs> Spectacular. I uh, I was flying. We were, we were in hot pursuit on a bomber. And was there like two dudes on our tail or one dude on our tail? Two. We getting slammed from the... Uh, tail gunner on the bomber as well and uh, I I don't know I we were going in all in and I've managed to I pulled up at the last second so I could get my rockets on him because they drop when they fire and uh, I've sort of collided with his tail and we basically got locked in to going down with this fucking bomber like we just had no choice uh, and I told I got I told Nate to jump out, but I went down the ship. Uh, I was still <laughs> trying. I, I I was certain. I was certain if I could kill this fucking bomber, uh, it would explode and I'd be able to fly away. But pff, good luck. Mm, so fucking dumb. I should have just jumped out. But yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, tanks. Tanks. The light tank needs tanks. to be nerfed. Oh, my God. So fucking heavily. It's ridiculous. I don't know how they nerf it because we were talking about how I think the turret speed needs to be reduced significantly, but um, yeah, they just adjust with uh, mouse sensitivity. Like, they can just they should yeah, block yeah. that. The if game. they lock yeah. that, then. What if you just lower the fire rate of the weapon? <clears throat> lower the fire rate. I, I don't. Well, see, the problem is, right? Yeah, that, that might, might work. Maybe it extends. I don't know. They've got to do something. The problem at the moment with the light tank is that you, as an infantry person, right, if two, if, like, me and Nate, Luke's in the fucking light tank, me and Nate fucking ping Luke with our anti-tank rockets, uh, he goes down to about 50% health. Uh, we reload. We're reloading. He drives behind a dune and heals. And we don't have a line, so we have to move to get a line on him. The whole time we're doing this, right, there's still 31 other people on the other fucking team trying to shoot us uh, while we're trying to get another fucking angle on Luke. And he heals. Once he's healed once, we can't kill him with the next shot. So he doesn't give a fuck anymore. If he's worked out there's only two of us trying to ping him, he, he he eats the next two rockets and murders us. And that happens so fucking often. You need a concerted effort because, yeah, it's it's able to fire too fast. It's able to move its turrets too fast. Like, it's just too capable to fucking dismantle infantry. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure that's something they'll look at, right? From all this, the data they'll yeah. get, they'll start balancing and figuring out what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Um, like, I had weird experiences with the... The sniper rifle, well, that's the scout, and, and I couldn't work out how the scopes worked. Uh, it just didn't seem to do anything when I was what? like, you can toggle the scopes for distance, yeah, but it just didn't seem to change anything on the scope. Like you'd be zoomed in, you hit the button, 
And oh no, 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 that doesn't that doesn't change the scope magnification. That changes the ranging on the scope. So basically, what it's doing is, I think the default is two hundred meters, yeah. right? At two hundred meters, it's sighted. So if Nate's two hundred meters away from you and you line him up, yeah, and you fire, dead, right? But if he's three hundred meters away and you've got it sighted for 200 meters, you have to raise it a notch. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's not, it doesn't actually affect the scope at all. It just means that if you sight it to 500 meters and Nate is 500 meters away and you shoot him with dead on the crosshair, it will fucking murder him. You just got to fucking, you've got to range him, which is rough because that means you have to know the ranges and there are no range finders in Battlefield 1. And they shouldn't be, but uh, but then what's the yeah. point of that button? Like, if you because I would be pointing at something and change the range on it, but nothing yeah. would happen. What like that I'm looking at? What's what's why should I be using yeah. it at all? It doesn't it it like it doesn't do anything visual. Yeah, and that's my it's, point. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like why it, have that? Though? It, it never does anything visual. It's literally a, a case where it changes how the gun functions. So it'd be like switching between firing modes, yeah. like from single shot to a, like full automatic. Like you don't actually see anything happen. You just fucking fire. But it's it like it's super important for snipers because it means that they're able to accurate. Like they can just line up. They don't have to fucking figure out drops because I, I don't even think there are little fucking chevrons on the fucking scopes in there are. Battlefield. Oh, are there? Yeah, the little. The little markers, the little lines on the... Oh, on so, you got your crosses? Yeah, I there are. I think so. In Battlefield oh. 1? Yeah. Yeah, there are. They're on the left-hand side of the scope. The left-hand... So, the they're, not actu- they're not actually in the middle. They're on the, the increment on the left. Okay. Well, I mean, you can still use those. I mean, but it's not super helpful. It would be much I better just, on the cross there. Yeah. I just so, think, like, it just doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't seem to function, functionally do much. Like, I was trying to figure out what it was doing. Because, like, it, it just seemed to be, like, I'd press it uh, yeah. and then shoot. And then the bullet was always going in the same spot. The crosshair wouldn't move. So, either they hadn't implemented that or it just wasn't working. I think for a while they hadn't actually implemented bullet drop. There's definitely so I didn't bullet notice drop any now, battle. There but- definitely is by the end of the fucking beta. There was definitely bullet drop. But hmm. uh, I know when we were playing at Gamescom, there was no bullet drop because uh, I sniped a dude from fucking like fucking the other side of the fucking world, hmm. and I didn't kill him because uh, there's definitely drop off damage drop off. But yeah. Uh, I hit him, which was a surprise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think they added in bullet drop later. So he might have just been, I don't know, missing it at that point. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, just some weird stuff I noticed. But I think the it's super slick, like the the sporting system going from looking at the overall overall map to to like being, oh, well, I want to spawn him with a squad member or a certain base. And how it just kind of zooms in and puts you into the middle of action is, is really nicely implemented. Uh, and then the weather, dynamic weather stuff is really cool as well. Uh, where it just like just change all of a sudden. And it can affect the like the classes you're using. Like if you have a sandstorm yeah. that comes in, you're fucked as a, as a scout because like, you can't see anything. Yeah. Uh, you've got to go yeah. 
you've got to go in as a, an assault or a medic or something like that. It's really cool how it can affect the, the state of the game. And also, like, spawning that train as, like, a combat mechanic is an interesting idea as well. Um, but whether or not that pays off, I don't know, because it seems like you have eight people jump into that train and they're more or less attempting to gain control of a specific point but if they've already got that point there's really not much to it other than protecting it um because now you've got three eight points. sorry they oh, get three i guess points? yeah i guess you get ADG. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. they're yeah. like the idea that eight people are being removed from flag capping but can control three points i think is is a fair trade-off yeah yeah i just i haven't seen it work that's the thing oh i, I did it was yeah. awesome like we, we had the turnaround yeah, we were in a game where we were down by like a solid 130 points and we managed to swing it back thanks to a brilliant train driver, which must be a one in a million thing because most of the train drivers are fucking morons. But uh, yeah, brilliant train driver and some really fucking tight work with the train to cap, hold. And like it got so the other team weren't even contesting A, D or G. They just weren't even contesting it. They gave up and they were trying to contest C, which Nate and I were sitting in, like, just ruining motherfuckers. And, yeah, we managed to dominate, like, a T, a fucking, I don't know, little line and a jut. And we were able to take the rest of of the game from there. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, and and that's, again, coming into the idea that the players need knowledge, right? Like, so once you know that the... the um, train can control those three points or even that the train spawn like I think it's safe to assume that if you're going to win you have to trust that train to control those three points then you're only focused on what the only ones you have to cap is B, C and F or an E but like you're hoping that your planes if you've got air superiority which I think we had so our yep. plane wasn't being like hit from above and it was only having to deal with tanks so there was kind of like a good rallying mentality that our team had um but yeah c is the like they basically all shift up towards c and f to get away from the track yeah train. but you can let them have f they can fucking have f like yeah. every day of the week but <laughs> if we've got the other other points like it doesn't matter like they're they're not really gaining um points which is awesome it was very satisfying but yeah it's rare uh but like i think the intention of the behemoth, so the train or the airship or the battleship, which we haven't seen in action yet, is uh, sound. Hmm. Yeah. How so? Well, in that it gives an opportunity for a losing team to turn it around. Like, it's not just like a participation award. Um, and we have seen it turn a match around. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get you. Right. Yeah. But at, at what stage do you take that mechanic and then what if it's a super close game and then teams just start throwing because they know that point is about to come? Um, you know, should there be a a limit, like a threshold of like you need to be at least losing by this amount before this thing kicks in? I think is that, that is what, something they were toying with uh, towards the end of beta because I was noticing there were rounds when it was super close when the train wasn't spawning at all or it would, like, it would turn into a fucking blowout and there'd be, like, three minutes left, a game left, and the train would arrive hmm. on the obviously losing team. And it would it'd be like, well, the train's definitely not going to fucking save us. Like, this fucking... This one's gone. Uh 
three three cap points is not going to fucking turn this shit around. Um, so the, I think they were tw- they were really toying with the amount of uh, balance that I think the train requires. Yeah, hopefully um, that is in there. And I think it there definitely is a threshold. That's between, good. yeah. Because otherwise, yeah, it'd be one of those cases where you'd sort of, if it was a close game, you'd sort of just throw for a bit. Fuck it. Yeah, exactly. You know, snake it. Uh, but yeah, Battlefield. Uh, it's Battlefield. Good. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably going to play more after this podcast. No, when does that it's end? Over. Is yeah, it done? It's done. Sorry, it's over. No. Yeah. So fucking sad. <laughs> um, Nathan, you went to Gamescom. Oh, you want yeah. to hear me talk more? Well, oh, yeah. shit. If we keep talking, we'll be here for another eight hours. Like we went right. through two Go. games. Hit me up. What do you want to hear about? Uh, Shadow Lords mode KI. What is that? <laughs> Killer Instinct, uh, okay. which is a free-to-play game, and apparently this Shadow Lords mode will be rolled out as part of its third season which i believe it's in right now um and the only reason i wanted to mention it was because it's very very interesting and it splices what you would expect from your typical kind of street fighter story mode um with a roguelike and so you've got this kind of uh global view uh between fights and you can make a team of two or three i think off the top of my head um, and so, if, say you come up against Skeletor, you don't want to fight him. Is that his name? No, can't be. Fulgore, no, that'll no. do. You come up sure. against Fulgore, you don't want to fight him because you're like, man, that guy has my number. Every time I fight him in the AI, he just kicks a shit out of me. So you can send one of your lackeys to go fight him and uh, both boost boost them up with um, different bits of items and, and abilities and whatnot to increase the chance of their success in the fight so you don't have to do it and every fight you win you're kind of collecting swag and whatnot and kind of like that um, couple of the board games we've played there's this global threat that's building over time that kind of changes the priority of where you want to fight based on how much you want to keep that down I think the odds are supposed to be firmly stacked against you so that you're actually supposed to die and lose, but you get to keep the gear and whatnot that you had so when you restart, you can kind of come at it again with stronger stronger characters and stronger kit. It was really fucking interesting. I mean, essentially, you're still going head-to-head and fighting in the levels that you want to fight with your main character or the character that you pick as your main character. Um, but it like the kind of between-mission stuff was really fascinating, and, and it's I've... I love the idea of them looking at the stock standard what we're supposed to do with a single player mode in a fighting game and going you know what how do we make this a bit more fucking interesting mm-hmm. and it's going to be free like you can play it for free I mean you, I think you'll only have access to one or two characters um, as part of the free thing so they kind of do want you to pay for shit <clears throat> but if you wanted to give it a taste yeah uh, I think it's landing later this year cool Cool. Um, Forza Killer Instincts. Oh, okay. Isn't Killer Instincts made by those charlatans who did um, Batman on PC? Is it? Let me have a look. The um, the new one. I thought it was. Yeah, I think it is. Iron Galaxy. Yeah, yeah it Iron is. Galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> really? Uh, those. Damn it! If I'd known that going in, I would have. Um, 
would have had a chat to that dev about that. He probably would have said, we, we weren't part of that. It was a different team. <laughs> Fucking hell. Arkham Knight. And, and Seven uh, Days to Die. <laughs> seven Days to Die. Uh, my own particular bugbear with them. But, um, yeah. It's, Emphasis it's on like, bug? Uh, it's like... I don't have anything against them specifically, to be honest. Like, I want them to do well. It's just they keep not doing that. Um, Arkham Knight. Oh, my God. Like, for it to get taken off the store <laughs> for how long was it? It was yeah. an insane amount of time. But, but, but also, like, um, like, we can sit here and say that, but we don't know the deal behind it. Maybe they were only given a small budget and two people worked on that port because that's all they were allocated. Uh, no, nah. maybe the problem nah. is on the Warner Brothers side or something like that. No, nah. because what happens, right? What happens is they negotiate, like they go into it and they deal. They fucking wheel and deal, and they work out. Ah, oh, they pitch. It's a fucking negotiation. They're like, "Well, we can do it for this much." And if they went in and said, "Well, we can do it for this much," then either they should have been able to do it which they couldn't, or they should have pitched for more money, which they didn't. And, like, if Warner Brothers was like, oh, yeah, we all get you to do it, but we can only give you this much money, they should have said no, because they couldn't do it on that much money. Hmm. Like, they should have told Warner Brothers it was impossible. It's definitely on them. They don't get to skirt around it just because, oh, you know, they only had so much time and they only had so much budget because they still released it on Steam at the same fucking time in the state that it was in. So, they have so to wear it. Warner Brothers shit. has to wear it as well. I'm not saying Warner Brothers <laughs> doesn't cop anything, but, yeah. Uh, Iron Galaxy wears that. Yeah. And, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, Forza. Forza Horizon 3. Forza Racing Game. Horizon 3. Australia. Racing game set in Australia. It looks fucking gorgeous on Xbox One S. It looks even better on uh, 4K Windows 10. And um, it's sort of an arcade racer. So, Joby, is that your your jam? Oh, dude, I'm, I love Forza Horizon 2. I'm very excited for 3. Uh, I'll have to work out some way to get a copy. Um, <laughs> Just tell them that you didn't write the Halo review. <laughs> how many times must I tell them this? Uh, oh, you've told them that. I've told them that as well. I don't know what to do anymore, man. I'm like, well, my conscience is clean. <laughs> Not that I was like, oh, I never wrote that review of this jab. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, although I did I did write a scathing Halo review. I mean, so I'm not, you know. So did I. I yeah, had a score yeah, on it. And on a Metacritic rated site. Come on. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, idiots. Um... What anyway. if you, okay, you should get it for uh, Red Bull. Like, we're going to do some uh, feature stuff or get yeah, uh, Steve to swing your spare copy or some shit. Yeah. Bruh. Totally. Nah. Um, it looks it looks awesome. Apparently, it's got a radio station dedicated to Australian music. Oh, really? Yeah. So, uh, I look forward to going into the playlist and turning off everything that isn't Akadaka. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And just Man, roll around to <clears throat> Thunderstruck. They had this, the one of the lead devs was this Irish guy, this poor Irish guy. I felt so sorry for him. He had a BCD session at Gamescom with a room filled with Aussies. <laughs> <laughs> Before he could even start, we were like, why is it in miles per hour? Why is it left-hand drive? <laughs> and oh. Farrelly's like, are you going to change your 
um, barn finds to shed finds because we don't have barns in Australia. <laughs> 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 and uh, put him on the back foot a bit, the poor guy. But um, go. I went all right after that. After what did he say? What did he say about miles per hour? What did he say about left-hand drive? <coughs> he didn't have anything to say about it. But the cars drive on the left, don't they? I saw in the trailer. Uh, yes. So they're doing yeah, like but half the a job? the car that you're driving yeah. is left-hand drive, which is a bit weird. I, I don't know. Drive on the, you drive on the left, but you're on the wrong side. Well, you drive on whatever the fucking side you want, because it's a sports game. Right? Like you, you're racing. You're not sticking sure. the... Whatever. I do though. Do you? Fuck yeah! I always do in these games. It's I, th- I think it's carryover from Mafia, but I I, I spend a good portion of time, uh, a good portion of time obeying all of the road rules. In, I'll stop at stop signs up. and give away signs. Yeah, fuck yeah! It was also it was something in uh, Test Drive Unlimited. There was a challenge where you had to deliver a car from basically one side of the island of Oahu to the other, and uh, you would lose money for all damage that was incurred Hmm. in the car. And so you could drive it over as fast as you could, and you'd earn a little bit of money, and you'd complete the mission. Or you could drive it over very carefully, and, and you'd be... You know, you'd get the full reward. And the full reward was garbage. It was like 75 grand in a game where, like, cars cost a million bucks. But, uh, yeah, I'd still do it fully legit every single time. I'd be like, yep, cool, 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 drive, stop, stop at the red lights. Don't want to get... And then uh, I know one time I did it and I got rear-ended by an AI car. I was pretty upset. I was, like, right at the end as well. I was, like, 90% done. I got rear-ended. It's totally not my fault. Anyway. So they also, Joby. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, an accident implies that nobody was at fault. Um, Shut yeah. up, insurance guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll definitely obey the road rules, but it's going to be tough if I'm on the wrong side of the fucking road. Ah, oh, car. Hmm. Isn't it? You're a fucking nerd, man. <laughs> I am. Yeah. But look, I don't like racing games. Uh, my girlfriend does, so I'll likely probably watch her play or play a bit with her and it'd be interesting to see if I become interested in it but for someone who doesn't really like racing games I was like you know what I kind of see the appeal of it it's got the nice yeah. little uh, driving lines as well I had activated to show yeah, me cool. where I should drive and where I should brake and the where noob I should lines. slow down a bit yeah the noob lines and uh, rewind button which was fucking godsend for me yeah. who hit a tree and then rewound and then hit another tree the noob rewind <laughs> like, alright I've rewind a lot. Yeah, the noob rewind. So it's it's perfectly made for me. The noob game. The noob game. <clears throat> Except you can't shoot stuff. Those are the kind of car games I like. We can yeah. shoot stuff. You oh, shoot yeah. pictures. Shoot bitches. Is that what pitches. Said? Pitches like photos. Pitches. Pitch. Oh. Pick. Pick pictures. Well, you can you can do that in this. Pick There's a, like a drone weird. mode, Joby. You can unleash oh. a drone at any time, which I think Why? is. <laughs> Well, it's, it seems like a really like weird cosmetic thing to like make your own little videos they talked about, but also in practical terms, you can use it to find those barn finds. If you didn't want to just hoon over there, you can kind of like, I wonder what's over that thing and just get your drone out and have a have a scoot around or have a bird's eye view. Get your drone out. Okay. Seems weird. Why not? Whatever. It's a box feature. It's a bullet point on the back of the box now. 
I don't know that for a fact. Next game. Uh, Gears of War 4. Love it. Fan of the uh, series, but was a bit dubious um, after what they showed at E3. Mm-hmm. And before that, because the main enemy looked very, very reminiscent of the <clears throat> supposedly extinct Locust Horde. Um, and I'm not a big fan of that idea. But they're like, yeah, we've got this new enemy faction. And they're like, they behave exactly the same as what you fought before. I'm like, what is this? Like a fucking Force Awakens style reboot? What is Come this? On. Halo? Halo. Well, that at least had the decency to rip off um, Aliens. Come on. Did it? Did it? Didn't it? When did it rip off Halo? Uh, aliens. Well, the, like the whole Marine thing was pretty Aliens, wasn't it? Oh, I'm talking about the Halo 4 new Aliens, the fucking... Oh, right. The Prometheans. Prometheans that were literally just copies of Covenant, but sort of more spacey. Yeah, retrospectively, I need, I think I need to go back and play that game and then flagellate myself over my hopeful review <laughs> that I wrote. <laughs> so I've, I realized in retrospect that I was very forgiving of the funnily nature because I'm like, it's towards the end of the Xbox 360. They're getting caught in a fidelity war against a PS3. I'll let them off for that. And then Halo 5 comes out. I'm like, yeah, it's on the Xbox One. So it's, you know, going to be back to that whole combat evolved open approach sandbox to no get fucked halo fans sorry yeah. this is for the cod generation even though it's halo 5 and not like just halo guardian so you know you sneakily ditch the numbers so that the, the fans don't really know and the new people are like well this might be the first halo game it's the first one i've played mm. fucking hell why more fans and joby you're not you haven't been a fan since what second third game uh yeah yeah, Second. I've been a fan for like since the beginning to I even like four, like I just admitted. So this was just like, nah, get fucked. <laughs> that game, that game broke me as yeah. a fan. Um, just the, the lack of open approach to combat. I couldn't get over how funnily and cod-like it was. Yeah. Why would you take the, the strongest part of your gameplay formula... In a, in a series that's still renowned for having a decent campaign and just shit all over it. Not a fan. Still upset. You should see my body posture right now. I've got my arms crossed. Cranky. So, Gears of War. Gears of War. There we go. Thank you, host. Getting me back Gears, on track. Gears of War. Gears yeah, of so War they, um, they had a new uh, faction to show off. This cool little robotic <clears throat> faction. Hmm. Um it has an interesting backstory, but the way that it, it fights is really interesting. So they've got like the class archetypes as every Gears game does. So there's one that will mimic how you're fighting. So if you stay long range, it'll stay long range and get up close and aggressive. It'll do that. Uh, there's one that takes a shit ton of damage. And then when you damage it too much, it goes into suicide mode and like just basically makes a beeline for you and tries to blow you up. And then on top of that, you've got kind of like this shielded floating one with a giant cannon, like keeping you suppressed the whole time. And then a rolling mine, like a one that's just like this rolling bomb that goes searching for you, like the things in Half-Life 2. <clears throat> so those things combined as a faction, they look incredibly challenging. And I'm hoping uh, that there are certain stages where you get to fight them as well as the other guys. There's that kind of like three-way fight going on. But God, it looks gorgeous on PC. Yeah. In 4K. I mean, it still looks great on, on Xbox One, but it's just jaw-dropping. Um, and when it opens up a bit more in some of the levels, not to 
old school Halo lengths, but uh, Gears has never really been about that. But when it has sort of more of these open combat hubs, those uh, become really interesting. And some of the weapon choices, the new weapons are fun. Like they've got a like an Unreal gun ripped right out of Unreal, the Ripper. I don't know, they don't call it the Ripper, but you're firing saw blades <laughs> and bouncing them around corners and just wrecking motherfuckers and the sort of the damage model system it's quite extreme and it's very gory and I'm very interested to see more of um, Horde Mode 3.0 uh, simply because it looks like some crazy like shooter meets tower defense which is kind of got to with judgment I feel but that all, that had fixed points where you could put down barbed wire or defenses and this one allows you to put them where the fuck you want so that'll be interesting to see how they balance that Hmm. Plus, if they don't have the disastrous launch that they did on um, PC for Ultimate Edition, and they've learned from that, and I straight up asked their guy, and he wasn't happy. (laughs) (laughs) Should have seen his face drop when I asked, but, you know, whatever. Um, He should get good. Yes. He should get good at releasing games on the Windows 10 store, which sounds like an oxymoron, because it's Windows 10 store sucks. Um, yeah, so as long as it's good at launch, I'm looking forward to, and I hope you guys can somehow get copies, playing the shit out of multi and that, because the game is brutal and fast, and it feels really, really fast at 60 frames, um, even though you could probably do more than that, but um, on PC. Yeah. But yeah, like it'd be very interesting to see if you guys get into it, the whole cover-based thing and, and blind firing with amazing accuracy, as long as you know where your shots land, and the whole like reloading under tension the active reload for the extra damage on your weapons or if you fuck up your gun jams and you've mm. got some dude running at you with a chainsaw like it's proper hectic yeah we can do it cool. uh, yeah, yeah we I, can do the horde mode at, at the very least because I love co-op horde mode stuff and I've never been I, able to sorry go keep going no, no, I'm just, just going to say I've never been able to get too high into it on Xbox because I always feel limited in my aiming potentiality on a console but also i've only ever really played with like one other person and two people getting to wave 50 in a horde mode which is fucking insanely hard when it gets to fucking good effort it's a big ask yeah. not that we, no we never made it that far like maybe oh, okay. 20 or something like wave 20 or something stupid yeah, fair yeah. not even that high what Did- are you saying joby sorry i was gonna say uh, i want to play it on xbox if no. i'm gonna what? play it yeah no I, I, oh, I, I both. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's crossplay, right? So I'm thinking, like, and if I'm gonna do the fucking campaign, I'm almost certainly only playing it in co-op. I cannot bear the idea of smashing through that. I don't know. I just feel like it's gonna be fucking tedious to play on my own. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't like these new characters, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and so. I thought three was a real drag towards the end. It just sort of fucking it kept going and going and going towards the end, and then I re- I wound up doing like the last third with a friend, and it didn't suck. And I'm like, oh man, what have I been doing this whole fucking time? <laughs> what co-op makes everything better, man. Especially I know, but like, Jesus Christ, it's so much worse on your own. Ah, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, cool. But wait, why do you want to play on console? Um, because I don't want to have anything on the Windows 10 store. We don't have to. <laughs> I want to have anything on the Windows 10 store. Good, good. 
So, yeah. But uh, you could buy it on Xbox and it'll just, like, you'll get a copy, won't you? Isn't that how well, it works? You've got to get it digitally. You've got to get it digitally. That's um, huh. the nice little fuck you to retail that I like, but also a catch that you kind of want people to be aware of. But yeah, you need the digital copy for it to be applicable to both uh, the crossplay thing, the PC, and, well, I shouldn't even say PC. I should say Windows 10 PC, because you fucking need Windows 10. Um, and you need to install it through the Windows 10 store, which is less tedious than it used to be at launch but still fucking yeah. hell. we talked about it when quantum break came out <laughs> it's yeah. coming up on steam soon isn't it <clears throat> yeah why i don't know because they're I not guess selling they any want... on pc through the window. yeah because yeah. people yeah. fucking hate windows 10 store enough yeah maybe they'll learn and the next couple games will just go straight to steam straight away wouldn't that be awesome but that also means if it's on steam that it's not just windows 10 exclusive right and that was like one of their things for Quantum Break. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Not sure. Um, anyway, let's move on. Dead Rising cool. 4. Dead Rising 4. That looks cool. Like, it, it kind of sucks that um, the way that they treat a lot of demos and, and recourse suffers from the same thing. A lot of hands on demos at these events is they're sort of 10 or 15 minute snippets of super action heavy. Mm. Uh, which I guess when it comes to Dead Rising 4 isn't that bad, but <clears throat> when you've kind of got a bit of Dead Rising fatigue, just showing the same sort of zombie slashing shit is, yeah. doesn't do the game a, a, a great amount of favors. And it wasn't until I did the BCD um, and listened to the guys talk and they were playing through it on a gorgeous fucking 4K PC version, um, which is awesome that everyone was doing that, that um, they started talking about more about the features and what they've added and what they've... Uh, sort of change in terms of the formula. I mean, simple shit like you can now, there's um, weapons categories separated into throwable, shootable, and hittable, for lack of a better word. Uh, so you're not awkwardly like fighting with the controls to switch weapons to kind of do the kind of combos that ultimately you're playing the game to do, like to be fucking entertained, right? Yeah. Which is really clever. And then the, the fact that they've kind of gotten rid of benches, so you don't need to go find a bench to craft because, again, they're like, we don't want to stop you from having fun. Like, we just want you to keep going and do crazy shit. Nah. You don't like it? They're getting away from what I liked about Dead Rising in the first place. And I bought a fucking Xbox for Dead Rising, so, you know, yeah, Xbox yeah, 360. 360, right. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I liked I liked the restrictions. I thought the restrictions were what, what made Dead Rising because the time restriction and knowing that you couldn't save everyone and having to work out, you know, what how you're going to go in this life. Like, it was a fucking roguelike, and now it's a fucking... See how many fucking mon- zombies you can kill with this fucking bowling ball bomb. It's like, I don't know. They've completely separated from what I considered that to be dead rising so i don't know i wonder no if they'll benches, add that again it's just indicative of their continued fucking separate well, yeah but i'm not gonna fucking i'm not gonna play a game that has been balanced for a non-stop chaos like like thrill ride uh and then fucking hamstring myself with benches and a time limit because i tried it in dead rising 3 and it fucking sucked so, like, I tried the time limit mode, and they didn't do any work. They just fucking added a time limit. So, 
Yeah. They didn't make it so that the game like worked with the time limit, which is how Dead Rising existed in the first place. Like it was built around the time limit. It was built around the concept of you having to make tough choices. But that's like that's not what happened in Dead Rising Three in that mode. It was just sort of fucking Yeah, whatever. You got a time limit. And I, I hated the time limit. Yeah, I, I know. I know people did. I definitely know people did, but like I I did. I didn't like it. Yeah, I get it. Right. I, I, I think it's just it ends though. Right. Like, like it, it's still the even thinking about the original game, which I put a lot of time into. <clears> for me, there it felt like two kind of disparate game design philosophies. The one where you were going to have this goofy fun and go find a giant Lego hat that I found and wore on my fucking head, running around like killing zombies and taking pictures of them after I fucked them up because I'm twisted. Um, and then there was this super hardcore time limit thing, like constantly pushing you towards like wanting to rush through uh, instead of like kind of enjoying the discovery and the fun. Because I, 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 but I didn't want to replay the game. Like I was like, I just want to play it once. I thought that was on purpose. To be honest, I thought it was like it was meant to be like that because it was supposed to sort of like, yeah, okay, you're having fun and you got a fucking Lego head on your head as a hat for some reason or whatever, and you're a goofball and three people just died while you were goofing around. And it was supposed to sort of throw that at you. It was supposed to remind you. And, like, Frank West is a fucking idiotic character. And everything in it about it is goofy. And it's all sort of smashed up against this halfway decent uh, day uh, of the dead. Dawn of the dead. Um, sort of retelling. I don't know. Yeah. To me, like, you know, the mall was the perfect setting. Um, Frank West was such a terrible character and so hilariously perfect as well. And, yeah, the time limit to me sort of anchored the entire experience, I guess. No, I mean, you're onto something. Like, the kind of designers we're talking about, um, I can't remember the name of the original um, lead designer on the first game. Mm. Quite a renowned Japanese developer from memory but he was um he was there and he saw their game and he said like i kind of like what you've you've done with it but like they were talking about this idea of like you said the dawn of the dead idea and for me i never like watched or got the appeal of those super old school zombie games uh movies rather in that sense i'm definitely not definitely of the the belief that for me zombie movies started with running zombies 28 days later dawn of the dead remake which is just fucking sacrilege to fans of old school (laughs) horror i'm sure but like i only watched was it romero no who did those movies was it romero romero yeah Right, so I watched his later films after that happened, and I found his political like commentary or his social commentary to be so disgustingly heavy-handed that yep. it got in the way of me enjoying the movie. And I, um, yeah, so I like I can t- totally understand where you're coming from in terms of appreciating the game for like it sounds like that's what he tried to do like this like I was playing the game <clears throat> of like hey look you're obsessed with consumerism while people are dying fair enough but for me the fun of that game was in the goofy shit like the entertainment wasn't 
in treating it like it was a time limited uh, roguelike, the fun was in the the zombie slaying and the very different ways you could do it and combo weapons together and shit like that and like the kind of game that you could play with someone watching and it would be like watching a movie because they would be so entertained and just egging you on to do to do different shit um for comedy value like that was the game that i played so i I, like i get where you're coming from but like if if you don't have the required viewing (laughs) i guess maybe the majority of the audience didn't if that's that's where they're taking the game now yeah i suppose i just yeah i don't know I'd prefer if it didn't go in that direction, I guess. Mm. Uh, like, that's what, like, that, at the end of the day, right, they were going to take it in one direction or the other, weren't they? So either you two were going to be disappointed or I was going to be disappointed. And I wager that way more people share your view than they do mine. So I get why right. they change yep. it. In. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just... I just wish I had my Dead Rising game. You know? Oh, well. Fair enough. Uh, let's keep going. We've got a lot more on here. Uh, sea yeah. of Thieves. Seaman of yes. Thieves. <laughs> you said it. The game is fucking awesome. Just awesome. just get it. So that, that E3 video that we all shot on, you know, with the, the goofy webcam fan reactions. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that was well, my we face. Shat on that the- was the webcam reactions not the yeah, yeah the webcam <laughs> reactions but like those webcam reactions were were me and the other aussies that i was playing with uh with zero alcohol like as soon as you jump into that game it's goofy goofy amounts of fun like you know running to a ship and then discovering that you can cycle through the stuff that you've got and i'm oh i've got an accordion oh i can play some fucking pirate music and then a plank of wood i'm like what is this a weapon don't know what that's for and then a um a mug of grog. I'm like, well, I'd better drink that. So I smashed the grog, and then tried to jump on the ship, and then got promptly drunk, and then fell into the water. Tried to get back on the ship, fell into the water. The people on the ship start leaving without me. Uh, we tried so hard to sink other ships. We never succeeded. The planks of wood, as it turns out, are for you to go below deck and batten up the holes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other ships were very easily making in the uh, the whole of ours, um, and um, it's just stupid amounts of fun. And you like you cooperative. You got to work together to make the ship move. It's like one person, mm-hmm. like the ship that we were on. One person can't just control it. You know, you like you needed someone to lower and position the sails in terms of where the wind was going. You needed somewhere um, uh, behind the wheel, but when they're behind the wheel, the sails are actually in the fucking way. So you need someone up the front of the ship or in the crow's nest telling you where to go, what to avoid, or the ship's over there. We got up to a point where we did a, a sail by of a stationary ship, but at the last minute we decided that we wanted to steal it. So we rammed into it, but then the other crew noticed that we were trying to steal their ship. So they've jumped back on the ship, and then we switched ships, but like with half of our crews on different ships. <laughs> it was just stupid fun. Like, and they hadn't activated things like um, the blunderbuss or the sabers, which will be in the beta or whatnot when it releases. I think early next year. Um, so we weren't able to fight them in that sense, but even the, the cannon fights, man, like there's no, um, crosshair, there's no firing arc. So you're all just kind of guessing and following that shot. Um, but so satisfying to land a hit. 
and just from the limited kind of mechanics that they had activated in this very small playing space uh, and all other humans that we're coming up against by the way just stupid goofy amounts of fun and oh my fucking god are we going to play the shit out of that when that launches sick yes yes I'm, I'm pumped I'm very excited um, but yeah beta is what early next year did you say yeah that's what they're they're um, aiming for okay awesome uh, Scalebound. Why don't you want to talk about Scalebound? Uh, this is a guy with headphones who rides dragons. Just doesn't um, appeal to like, like, it doesn't. And everything they've shown to date doesn't, except, to be fair, this recent one actually sparked some interest in sure. that there was a bit of depth in... Um, so there's three dragon archetypes, and they showed us a fast-forwarded version of what it would look like to take your dragon from core to one of these three extremes but like within the upgrade tree you can obviously just do little bits from different trees and it will change certain parts of how the dragon looks so you can have these hybrid things but also how it fights and they also showed off um, the main hero protagonist character controlling the dragon during the fights so like it goes into AI mode when you're on the ground so you might be in a boss battle but you can actually control it but to control it you don't actually just jump over to it like its perspective and fight you actually control it from the perspective of the main character which makes you stationary and it's also from his POV so it's this really kind of weird disconnected um, fighting mode and a risk reward thing of switching to and from depending on where the enemies or in this instance the boss might be attacking you or the attacking the dragon so I was like you know what this is a little bit more interesting but ultimately I just don't think this is my kind of game third person super goofy you know guy who's a hipster listening to his music while he battles on his dragon just I don't know yeah not for me is it for you Job? no no it's like Poochie <laughs> it's like they designed Poochie for a video game he's What's like Poochie? super Poochie from the Simpsons have you watched the Simpsons the dog the, wait, the, the dog, yeah. In The Simpsons, at one point, uh, Itchy and Scratchy decide to add a new character called Poochie, and he is super cool, and he's designed to be, you know, shifting paradigms and the original dog from hell. And it turns out That's- that he's just ultra lame. Do you seriously not know about Poochie? No, no, okay. I told you, I'm very... Um, I forget, I forget about, about your... Um, your the Simpsons thing and the super religious upbringing and yes. there was some episode where Ned Flanders is like the devil and my parents were just like, no, that's too much. <laughs> so we didn't watch The Simpsons from that point forward for the rest of my childhood. <laughs> Here's some video so games saying, play these. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, there were some very blind spots in their judgment, but <laughs> I'm glad that they were. Otherwise, who the fuck knows what I'd be? Like a Mormon or something. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> I meant to say, uh, what are the ones that, like, Amish? I meant to say Amish. Amish, yeah. Just, they're not listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Uh, I don't know what this one is. Recall. Recall, right. <laughs> what did you write, Joby? Tell me what you wrote. No, it's cool. Uh, <laughs> Rickroll. Rick yes. Him, him, him. Recall. Um has been disserviced by its marketing apologies Microsoft oh when they first showed it it was some super stylized CG trailer at E3 2015 Mm. and it looked 
interesting at that stage. It looked like a story that had a heart, kind of like, oh, why am I blanking on this? <clears throat> what was that um, Odyssey, Journey to the West or something? Mm. Yeah. The one that uh, Andy Serkis... Yeah. Was it Odyssey? Yeah, yeah. Journey, Journey to the West? West? Is that what it's called? Yes! No, no it wasn't Anyways. called Journey to the West. Wasn't it? No. Enslaved. 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 Yes, thank you. Enslaved. I love that game. And it sort of, I yeah. don't know why, but I got that, that sort of vibe from it, that post-apocalyptic vibe. Um, and this idea that there was kind of going to be a really big emotional heart at the core of this story about a girl and her robots. Like, cool, that looks interesting. Fast forward to E3 2016, they show gameplay, and I'm like, okay, this looks like Microsoft's answer to Ratchet and Clank. Um, it looks like a super kiddie game. And uh, yeah, and then we get to Gamescom, and I'm chatting to people who've played the demo, and thank God I didn't get to play the demo on the first day. Because it was, as I referenced before, super action heavy demo that's really not indicative of the final product, and more so compared to um, Dead Rising 4 uh, it's definitely not a super action heavy like it's basically like fucking Zelda this game um, it's made by a collaboration between a couple of like in a US studio and a Japanese studio it's got the some talented minds who made um, you know Mega Man and whatnot, and also the ex <laughs> Bungie writer who's a mad dude Joseph Stratton um, who worked on Destiny and then left a year before it shipped for unknown reasons. That's me having a dig at this lack of story and yep. insinuating that, not that he told me this, but insinuating that um, he left because he wasn't happy with where it was going. Oh. Anyway, so he's written the story. That's fucking exciting as shit. So I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, I love this guy's older Halo stories. He wrote the sort of older Halo games. Um, <clears throat> So very interested to see what he does. And then they showed us this behind closed doors um, demo running on a 4K machine. Looked fucking stunning on PC. I keep saying that, but it did. Um, and even though they're selling it for like, what is it, like 40 or 60 bucks or something? Like sort of a half price game over here. It looks like it's going to be like a fair chunk of game because it's not open world, but it's got like these sort of hub, hub worlds and like, your classic Metroidvania style game you'll be incentivized to revisit old places to either battle against um, enemies in dungeons who were a higher level than you or when you've unlocked abilities for your little robots to um, get to hard to reach places and to unlock more equipment and things like that so you spend a bit of time in between exploring in this thing called a sand crawler which is hilarious George Lucas is going to sue somebody Um, (laughs) and you're you know you're customizing either uh, cosmetically or in terms of actually changing out their equipment and it had a very destiny like feel uh, for your robots you're only allowed two of them out in the world at any time like running with two of them actively mm-hmm. uh, but I think there's at least there's, I mean they've shown off three but I think there's at least five maybe right. more robots that you can kind of uncover or discover along the way um, the combat is a little bit interesting because it has color-coded ammunition, which sounds really weird, but you're fighting enemies who have different color-coded cores, so the color-coded ammunition does more damage to them. Um, so you've got to switch between that, and then you've got your color-coded robots who are friendly, uh, who are also can be used to do different attacks against those robots of the same color. So there's kind of this emphasis on kind of almost like running out, exploring, discovering what's out in the world, going back, 
and then taking out the right robots, I guess, if you want to uh, be more successful in battle. But you can either shoot an enemy to death and then collect its parts, or you can shoot it to near death and then extract its core, but you've got to kind of leave that target until last because it takes about 10 seconds to um, extract its core. So there's kind of like this this decision-making going on um, during combat, and also like no cover, they're not big on cover, it's more about dashing. So you've kind of like need to be quite skilled at <coughs> shooting. I mean, it had a really heavy lock-on, like super auto-aim thing so it'd be interesting mm. to see how that plays on PC but like it was all dodged to avoid a lot of incoming fire um, and so it made the combat quite <clears throat> frantic but the fact that there was sort of exploration and, and it, like games like Darksiders and whatnot, like it really gave me that vibe original Darksiders particularly those you know the desert maps in that game did you guys play that? Darksiders Origi- original Darksiders yeah yeah so like yeah. my exposure to I've got some massive gaming um, gaps as well. Yeah. It's my um, I played the original Zelda, like I'm talking Game Boy, yeah. and then I haven't played another Zelda game since. So, kind of Darksiders was my point of reference for what everyone was talking about in terms of what they loved about that sort of Zelda Metroidvania feel yeah. of returning to areas with different equipment and epic sprawling world and shitloads of hours that you can sink into a, a game with like kind of satisfying combat but also exploration and um, platforming and that's what Recore said to me and I'm really glad that I you know got to do the BCD before I played the action section because I'm like the action is fun but if I thought that's all it was which is what a lot of previews online said yeah. um, it's just this gimmicky action thing where you color code your ammunition and your primary fire doesn't do that much damage but there's a charge shot and um, I'm glad that I had the context and the game's out soon next couple of weeks it's the first hmm. cross play um, game so I will be interested to take it for a spin and see whether it delivers on the promise of the pitch cool yeah it's, it's you've definitely you've definitely sold me on it I mean uh, I will be interested because Darksiders I think to me was the best execution of the Zelda model uh, that I'd seen in, in years um, and yeah I, I have been hearing a lot more about this metroidvania type dealio um that it's it's very like and everything else i've seen about it sort of didn't look like that at all um but yeah hearing you talk about like that that essence uh definitely has me a, a lot more can like excited to to check it out um Ding. Yeah. well done well done Microsoft do? yeah you do. <laughs> hmm. uh Halo Wars 2 PC. Uh, it was definitely better to play that on PC than Xbox One, Joby. We played... Yeah, was it, did they pull it a beta or was it an alpha? Alpha. Fucking hope it was an alpha. God, it was terrible. It was awful. Um, you know, invisible units, uh, lack of effects that just disappeared, like units that wouldn't even look like they were selected half of the time. It was a game that was really fighting against the player. Um, it has improved somewhat, although there were some of those bugs, mainly the one where you like selected everything but not everything shows up as selected with circles beneath its unit which is can be very confusing when you've only got two factions and you're playing a mode which we played which is an interesting mode because it's designed to be 15 minutes like it's literally a 15 minute timer right you start with a half built i would say or maybe even three quarters built base and a very small amount of units so you basically like 
just looking to pump out units. You're not worrying too much about your macro, and it's more about micro. But you're you're tasked with teaming up with I think it was with two other people. Was it three others? Whatever. Um, and you've got to go out and capture points. But the, obviously the there's only a limited amount of points and they get contested very very quickly and it, we were getting annihilated at first and um, took it down to the wire for a draw and it was very very satisfying it was just kind of like I don't know I've, I've never really played an RTS for that quick fire 15 minute experience that's usually a shooter for me so I was really glad to see that they were doing that I'm very concerned that they keep pushing this access- accessibility angle <laughs> because you can see that it's watered down and I think that if I had been able to play the original Halo Wars on a PC I probably would have found it lacking because you kind of made excuses for it um, on Xbox 360 half because it was a console RTS and the other half because it was Ensemble's final game and I will never get not get sad bringing that up fucking hell what a, what a shitty swan song, swan song right <laughs> yeah but um yeah, I, I'm like honestly probably going to play Halo Wars 2 more for the story. I'll play it on PC, and I think that I'll find it to be a watered-down experience, but hopefully one that has a good story. And if um, other people like you guys get into it, I think it would be interesting to to see whether there is interest and longevity in those sort of 15-minute modes, more so than sort of the epic ones you might get into in, say, StarCraft or Company Heroes 2 or whatever. Um, yeah. I think that'll be interesting to take for a spin, especially if they do a proper beta. I think they're planning on doing that for PC. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what you guys think who aren't as big Halo fanboys or no, at all, possibly, not that I am. <laughs> no, Thanks, no, Luke. No, unless you get me copy. <laughs> you get me copy, yeah, I'll, I'll play it. <laughs> I'll play it alongside you, Nate, but otherwise, probably not. Yeah, it's a bit like that. <laughs> um, Next. Yeah. Next? Next, Prey. Prey. Okay, uh, I have to give a disclaimer first. So I liked the original Prey, didn't love it, never finished it, but yep. like the ideas of what they were doing, what I did love was that opening. Holy fucking shit, they just kill everyone you love. Yep. <laughs> um, was... It's brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal. Um, but I fell in love with Prey 2, the pitch of Prey 2, as I think a lot of people did. Um, and so when they announced this game at E3 and it dared to have Prey at the end of that fucking trailer, even though it was being made by Arcane, I got really, really angry. Um, and it was hard to separate myself from the idea of what I loved about Prey 2 and it not being that. So that was my bad. Um, but going in and checking out Prey, it was a hands-off demo. It's Bethesda's thing lately, apparently. Um, Prey actually looks fucking awesome it's got a big system shock vibe to it um you can definitely see that you know this is the guys who made dishonored as well but um you're on board this derelict starship and the the aliens the first alien that you get to see is kind of this little shadowy spider creature that like will attack you and then it will run away um and when it gets out of line of sight it will mimic an object near it so you'll run around a corner and you'll see like just shit lying around and you won't know what it is so it kind of creates this paranoid idea that you should be shooting at you know inanimate objects uh and the promise was that weapons and ammunition will be quite limited so there'll be sort of a survival idea to it as well 
Um, and then there's a progression or an upgrade system where you're upgrading your main character with certain abilities, but also alien abilities. And the risk-reward of upgrading with alien abilities is that you apparently make other aliens more attracted to you, like they can sense you. But some of these abilities like allow you to, say, get that power. So they showed us that power in use for problem solving. Um, he needed to get into a room. There was kind of like a really small opening, like you'd expect it, like, say, a bank you know, like if ones that are behind glass. Um, so he morphed into a coffee mug and then rolled into the room and then went back to normal form. Uh, and then there was like a crazy glue gun that he used. So like Dead Space, the idea that this space station isn't necessarily going to be packed with weapons. So there's kind of like these improvised weapons. And this, this glue gun wasn't just used to fight enemies. It was also used to create like a an almost spiral staircase up to a a point that you couldn't reach before. Okay. So, yeah, like, it looks more like uh, closer to alien isolation, I guess you would say, although with the ability to fight back in terms of, like, avoidance and exploration, and, well, not that that had upgrades, but with an upgrade system as well, um, more so than some kind of, like, balls-to-the-wall shooter in a space station. And there's also opportunities for you to go outside the space station, which they said has, like, been fully rendered. So you can go out and explore... Uh, through the damage, but you've got to upgrade your suit to have enough oxygen to be able to explore, you know, further um, and higher, harder to reach places. Um, but like, yeah, man, I'm I'm on board. I'm absolutely on board after seeing that video. It looks like a really, really interesting proposition and quite like distinct enough from Dishonored for me to not go, okay, this is just sci-fi Dishonored. Yeah, I uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to see what you saw <laughs> before I'm on board. Hey, because... I hope they show it. Yeah, I hope so too. Because I hope yeah, they release it. They need me. To. It looks like Dead Space first person or whatever, and I don't really care for that idea too much. Because uh, I, I don't know. I think even in the end, EA couldn't make Dead Space work for that much longer. So yeah, I'll have to wait and see. I guess. Luke, any ideas? Any thoughts? Uh, I'm in the same boat. Like, I want to wait and see for myself. Um, that Prey 2 demo that we saw at E3 a couple of years back was pretty good. Um, yeah, it was. So, I'm yet to see gameplay from this, so I, I just don't know. Right, I've got to wait and see. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. All right. Um, Dishonored. Dishonored 2. 2. Looks fucking awesome. Cool. The Injustice end. 2. Um, looks like Injustice 0.5 yeah or Justice 1.5 in that apart from new characters which you would expect the other new mechanic that they're pimping is the um, kind of like get gear random gear drops Mm. and put them on your character which changes how they look which is cool but also what does the gear do Joby? changes stats no changes way. stats. No That's way. That's just fucking dangerous no. as shit. I'm all for the aesthetic side. Probably even for the stats changing if it's in a sort of campaign sense, maybe. Yeah. Uh, in that maybe you return to people who beat you before and you realize that they're really fast and you need to be faster or something like that. Like, that would be cool. Yeah. But That's... if that enters the competitive realm, just get fucked, basically. <laughs> and I think they'll yep. find that from the competitive players who will say, just get fucked, basically. Because... Yeah. Company Heroes 2 got crucified over a similar thing. I mean, if you're adding even in a 1% or a 
a percentage of a percentage buff on accuracy weapon damage like a fair fight becomes you get a competitive edge that not everyone has access to because it's through random or purchase loot drops it's just fucking dangerous but the game is fun like it was still you know shitloads of fun to play but I'm just a bit concerned yeah yeah I guess we'll wait and see Batman VR Batman VR yeah, it's cool. I mean, it it sucks that we did Star Wars VR in a sense because that just trumps everything. Um, <laughs> but Batman VR for like someone who's a big Batman fan, or specifically someone who's a big Rocksteady's version of a Batman fan. One and um, two. One and two. Yeah, goddamn right. One <laughs> and two. It's it's awesome. Like it's it's sick. You start off as um, Bruce Wayne in this really you know is really one of his lush lounges in front of a piano. So I'll let the Batman fans know what's going to happen next. Old Alfred comes in and he is like beautifully rendered for an old man who I was not sexually attracted to, but very much attracted to in terms of his presentation. Uh, and he rabbits on about you know they need his older ego and he hands you a key you open up the so like you've got move controllers to control your hands you can open up the um piano and as any batman fan knows you play a few shitty chords uh and then i was expecting the bat cave door to open somewhere but like instead i was getting i started getting lowered into this little antechamber um which was like place to suit up it was really disappointing that the bulk of your suit is just like put on automatically but um you have to kind of shove your hands into these two cylinders to get the gauntlets on which is cool as shit and then you put the cowl on and then a mirror kind of drops down and you're like moving your head and your hands and like it's just that batman visage staring at you (laughs) do you (laughs) get to see him put the makeup on no you don't get to see raccoon face (laughs) Well, um, that's unfortunately, why wouldn't so they do that? Like, <laughs> it'd just be funny. <laughs> it would be funny, but it'd be fucking it'd accurate. Be grounding as well, I think. I don't know. You know what? Fucking Arnie did it in Predator, and nobody's exactly. calling him a chump. <laughs> he exactly. did it with mud. Yeah, he mudded up. I think um, we should put that in press form, Joey. Yeah, we should do it. Uh, Trek vs. Wars. Oh, uh, you want to do it, do you? Nah, fuck it. We've we've already we've pretty much already done it. Um, but yeah, you you loved Star Wars, didn't you? Yeah, and I think Star Trek had its pros. You got to play it, right? Yep. Did you talk about like I think the touch controllers are fucking awesome? Um, and does I don't think Vive does Vive have that equivalent yet? Yeah, they do. Vive is this right? So this is Rift catching up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but they're um, they're really cool. Yeah, they are cool. I was sitting too close to a wall, so I oh. kept hitting the wall. <laughs> I bet they love that with their um, not yet released yeah, <laughs> touch no. controllers. Oh, well. Amazing. Their fault for sitting me too close to a wall. Uh, yeah, like I, I think I said it last time we talked about it. it must have been last week, probably. But um, I loved. Uh, like I loved what Star Trek, how Star Trek made me feel about being in a world that I wasn't in, like turning to talk to a person and cognitively knowing that they're on the other side of me. That was cool. But um, Star Wars actually put me in the fucking cockpit. It gave me control and I felt like I had control and I forgot I was using control after a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's, was- that's why Star Wars was better for me. 
the more exciting proposition as well. I mean, for VR experiences, I would argue that are both intended to be uh, kind of entry level and very mm. accessible. Star Wars just has that fantasy of like, you don't need three other people. Like for starters, you don't need three other people with fucking what vibes or riffs or whatever to be able to even start the game. Um, and even if like if you were playing it solo, what are you doing? You're one role. And if you've got a Muppet teammates like I fucking had who didn't know how to do their stupid jobs of pressing buttons, then <laughs> you lose. Uh, whereas in Star Wars, you're completely in control of whether you win or lose, whether you smash into the bottom of a Star Destroyer as I did when it appeared because I was too close to the lot <laughs> walking at it. You were and like then, an and then Yeah, I respawned and then that was the end of the demo. I'm like, what? Get <laughs> fuck! Let me fight it. Um, <laughs> uh, just the like the sound. I mean, Star Wars the movies. Their sound design has always been a step above. Yeah, but like Dice um, sound design has been amazing. That's why Battlefront looks obviously, but also sounds incredible. And they've gone back to the original reference points, but. What I loved about The Force Awakens was that they rethought the sound of different things in atmospheres. So the Millennium Falcon's guns sound different when it's firing in atmosphere, which is fucking awesome compared to how they do in space. Um, and not that we were doing anything different, but like when you're in the cockpit and if you're going to get Battlefront VR and you're going to get um, PlayStation VR... Please, 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 please don't play it with speakers. Get some decent fucking headphones. Yeah. Because the sounds of those motherfucking cannons is just, oh, shivers every time I fire. Like, just incredible. Like, it sounds absolutely authentic and correct, but it also yeah. sounds different. Like, because you're not used to hearing them fire right next to your ears. Fucking loved it. God, I loved it. I nerded out so hard about it every time I think about it. Anyways. Um, it's it's probably worth getting PlayStation VR just to experience it or, you know, borrow it off someone. Because <laughs> it's only going to be, what, half an hour or 15 minutes, he said. 15 minutes if you're rushing it, half an hour yeah. if you're not. Yeah. I think half an hour fairer, especially for the first time. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then if they, they get the difficulty modifiers in, which he said, he's like, I'm not going to make any promises, but we absolutely have that towards the top of the list of things we want to get into the game. Yeah. I think that it'd be quite fun once you pump it up uh, because yeah. I don't know how nerdy you are about Star Wars, Joby, but the um, the TIE fighters, when they first come at you in a wall, like that that attack pattern, uh, mm. and then they, they do this initial run at you, like firing fucking lasers everywhere with your outnumbered squadron, and then they just break off and start chasing individual targets. Just, yeah, they're, they're, it's definitely in the, the hands of the right people at Criterion making this and, it, and they were saying that there's stuff to find around, oh, like, the maps. Yeah, they've hidden shit. Um, so cool. there's there's going to be some exploration to it as well. But okay. it'll be interesting to see just how much exploration you can get up to, I guess. It's, it's um, hard to tell, though. You just... Like it's hard to tell whether I love it more because I'm a Star Wars fan or whether it's generally a better experience. I'd like to think that I'm objective enough to be able to tell the difference, but <laughs> I adore Star Wars and I like Star Trek. I don't hate Star Trek, uh, but I don't adore it like I do Star Wars. But I just feel like from a like a first, if you're going to do first time VR and you're not going to do one of those sort of really like stupidly entry level things like the deep, which is cool mind you but if you're going to play something that's a real game um, I think Battlefront 
has it right. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't think I don't think it's fanboyism. I think it's a genuinely better game because of the experience it provides. Um, even if it is a little bit shorter in its. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point too. Scope. But I mean, it's it's free DLC. I mean, if you yeah. happen to own Battlefront or pick it up on special on PS4, and again, it's assuming that you have the requisite hardware or the intention to get PSVR. Yeah. If you've got that, like, and I think you could probably pick up fucking Battlefront for cheapest chips uh, mm-hmm. around the time that it launches or, you know, in a, in a sale leading up to its launch. <clears throat> you'd be mad. You'd be fucking insane not to take it for a spin. It's a free DLC download. Yep. Alright, uh, Destiny. Destiny. Um, well, to all you press suckers out there, I've still got it. Um, I have not played it since launch. <laughs> and we've tried out a new, new, quote-unquote, multiplayer mode. Tell me if this sounds familiar, gentlemen. When you kill an enemy, they drop an orb. You collect <laughs> that enemy to score points. But, here's oh. the twist... If they kill one of your teammates and you pick up the orb, you deny them a point. Oh, shit. Completely original, never been seen before. Kill secured. Orbs. Kill confirmed, isn't it? (laughs) Kill confirmed has dog tags. Yeah, it's not anything like kill confirmed. And it's not even the same publisher doing that. Uh, And that's not to say that that mode shouldn't be mimicked elsewhere, but like in terms of them going, yeah, we've got this great new mode to show, I'm like, hmm. No, yeah. <laughs> it's not really. <laughs> Our team is working on Destiny 2, so here's what four guys made by themselves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if you're well into Destiny, I was playing with Steve Wright from Survivor, and that guy has played Destiny since the beginning and was geeking out over it. In fact, he beat me. Um, we were on the same team, but he was above me in all the matches, but we were just dominating, dominating everyone. Um, so, you know... I didn't notice anything different. <laughs> Sorry, Bungie, about the game that has changed since I played it um, outside of the new mode. And then we did a, not a raid, a strike. Um, yeah. a, a new strike, and my God, was it short. It was, yeah. I hope that it was a demo because it was like 10 minutes, maybe. Um, I mean, again, Steve is a competent player. Well, no, Steve is an excellent player at Destiny, and I'm a competent player, and we had one guy who we were carrying. But we, yeah, we pissed that in. No no restart, like no team restarts. So start to finish, I guess if you're proficient, you'd probably be doing it in under 10. <laughs> yep. Don't know how well that bodes for however much it costs, but for Destiny fans, you've already got it. Don't lie to yourselves. You already bought it. Doesn't matter what I say. Um, <laughs> for anyone hoping that this one would drag you back in, no, it didn't make me want to reinstall it. There are a couple of people who I would ask who might still be playing it whether I should come back. Uh, I understand that the Taken King kind of fixed a lot of shit and added in a lot more, you know, better stuff that they should have had at launch. No, but it just, I think I was it just, just too bad. They lasted long enough for Stockholm Syndrome to finally kick in. Oh, really? Uh, Did you play it, though? Did you play Taken King? No, I've, I read about it. I'm, I'm not playing. <laughs> I, read about it. I read the wiki. Citation. <laughs> read the Grim Cards, whatever they're called. Yeah. Oh, my the Grimoire. God. Grimoire yeah. Cards. How were they just not crucified after that alone? Uh, don't know. 
I mean, I put 100 hours in, and I feel embarrassed. Like, most of that was in PvP, though. Strangely, my my girlfriend, who's, um, like, not the best gamer, um, and certainly not in terms of, like, experience with competitive shooters, I mean, um, yeah. she loved it. She just wanted to play PvP, and I'm like, but you're, like, getting one kill and, you know, 15 deaths. And she's like, no, I love it. <laughs> so Shut I up. got really good at it, um, and she got better at it, but... Like, yeah, it was, it was it was really interesting to watch someone who was kind of fairly new to shooters um, just get excited about something that was, you know, quite competitive. But we hit a wall at the same time and just went, yeah. you know what? This game fucking sucks. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, it's funny because that's what people are talking about now with No Man's Sky, you know? Like, I've, I've read a... I think it was a Steam review. It's like, have you ever played a game for 100 hours and then realized you hated it? I'm like, yeah, it's Destiny for me. <laughs> <laughs> But I haven't really uh, played Sky. Whoops. Sorry. Oh. Not missing yeah, much. Fuck it. Oh. Not so really. I understand. <clears throat> no. uh, oh, that's it. Yay. For night. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. Uh, Verdun. Verdun. I played Verdun. Yeah. I was playing Verdun so I could uh, sort of... I, I wanted to readjust my perspective uh, to re- sort of rem- remind myself of the difference right? between um, authenticity and realism, because yeah. uh, someone was someone know. was saying this to me. I, I thought it was you, Nate. Uh, was um, oh no, it was in my interview with um, the FIFA guy. He was talking about how you know they want the game to f- feel authentic, and sometimes that means they need to sacrifice realism. And uh, it got me thinking about Battlefield One. How they wanted an authentic World War One experience, but that didn't necessarily mean a realistic one. So I played some Verdun to see what a realistic one would feel like. And a realistic one feels like spawning and then dying immediately, and, uh, and then waiting <laughs> yeah, twenty-five seconds to spawn again. Um, but no, but like once you get into the swing of Verdun, it's actually a lot of fun. I've had it for ages, and I played it before, and uh, yeah, it, it is actually a lot of fun. Uh, it's something that I've I enjoyed previously, and we played together at launch. Yeah, we did. Right? Yeah. We had fun because we were able to work together. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah, it's it's just one of those games that's sort of yeah, it's fun. Um, hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, the hyper realism can definitely grate a little bit sometimes because you're. It, it doesn't bode like it doesn't really gel well when the you're certain you fucking your crosshairs were over a dude and he should have fucking died and yet he didn't die. Uh, that's the problem with hyper realistic games is you need that you don't want that fucking dissonance. I guess you don't want the game to punish you for every mistake you make, uh, heavily punish you, and then you get fucked by the game making mistakes. I guess. That's I don't know. Anyway, uh, it's yeah, buggy, but a lot of fun. Um, what else have we got? Fantasy Movie League. Yeah, we, I think we talked about this last week, but I can't remember if we talked about the start of the new season because we added like right. twelve more people. Uh, fourteen now. Fourteen. Okay, we, we're yep. still adding people, are we? We are. Two more people joined after the first week. They're like, I can still make up the difference. Uh, not against me, motherfuckers. Uh, I'm 
kicking ass. Opened with the perfect combo, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, good good week one, in my opinion. Hmm. How, how are you going, Nate? <laughs> I'm not Did you put your season. picks in? No, I missed yeah, it. So I'm like, delete no, your you know fucking... what? Fuck that. He's going to start next season. I'm not going to delete it. You're just going to sit there and know that, you know, you're counting one less person or whatever. I'm sure I'm not the only one who, like, because of travel and whatnot, I just fucking missed putting in the things. And I'm like, you know what? I, I did this dance last season and it was fucking frustrating as shit. So I'd rather lose if I lose um, having made a picks every week and knowing what the fuck's going on. You can catch up. It's only 10 million. It's nothing. It's only 10 million, is it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that much. It was a slow week, so there's not much going on. Anyway, uh, yeah, bring that up. More people. Have, we got some gap people in there as well, I think, now. I think so, yes. A couple. I don't know who anyone cool. is. <laughs> like the, No. 90% of the people. I'm just like, I don't fucking know. I just sent invites out to everyone. Yep. I had nothing. I had yeah. no idea. Um, yeah. No clue. Oh, um, I don't Dead by Daylight. Have you been playing any more of this? No, I haven't. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Um, In all BF1. So, I guess the last big change they made uh, was like a week or two ago. Um, and the most notable thing for me is they they changed the way that the pallets work uh, for killers um, getting hit or stunned. So, when the survivor okay. now throws the pallets down, rather than it, it's uh, registering at the end of the palette animation and now triggers at the start which means there is a um there's no longer a window between them uh making the palette go down against the uh the killer um because basically what would happen before was the survivor would stand there the killer would come towards them uh, the survivor would throw the pallet down, but because you still had this window open, um, the killer could basically swing through that and still hit the the survivor. And yep. it was really only useful in terms of having an object between you and the killer. And it was it was quite hard to get the stun down if um, if the killer knew what they were doing, they wouldn't go towards yeah. you because they would just stop and wait for you to throw it down, and then they would they would um, start to try and break it whereas now uh if you try and go in for that swing you get stunned pretty much straight away and, and it's it becomes a barrier now of like uh like a, a safe haven for survivors which is a, a huge buff for them um because it's no longer like a, a shit i'm gonna try and um stun them and just take off it's now an actual it stops the survivor in their track sorry it stops the killer in their tracks and they've actually got to deal with it now uh for me i it was obviously definitely broken before because you would you would basically just warp through the the pallet and end up on the other side because uh you had that animation that was kind of still ticking over um yep. and you would always hit the survivor without a doubt you could just start your lunge you would go through the pallet and just hit them um you know it was good for the killer i guess because you would always hit them and it'd be rewarding for you but it was definitely broken um, so this fixes that. It's, it's a good good fix. Uh, bit massive buff to the survivors. Very annoying as a killer. Um, the other big change was that they removed the notifications in the um, in the lobby of in terms of like who, uh, what rank people are, and also 
what level I think as well. Yeah, what level they their their killer sorry their survivor is. So you can't see that information anymore. Uh, which stops, I guess, lobby dodging for killers and, um, yeah, basically stops them from dropping out because they don't know what they're up against if they're the type of person that does want to play against high-ranked players. Uh, yep. But alternatively, then, things that I spoke about a couple of weeks ago of, like, looking at what I'm up against and then deciding what type of killer I'm going to be, uh, I can no longer do that, so... Um, like before i would basically if i was going up against four or three high ranked survivors i would use my best killer and and use you know going with that and you know because i knew what i was up against but now uh i don't know if i'm going up against four level 50 ranked survivors or if it's four level one ranked survivors and whether i should be easy on them or if i should just absolutely go in there and, and play like a really tough game against them uh so i can't do that anymore unless unless i jump in there and i'm like well shit this game seems to be going quite slow maybe they're new that's really my only indication but alternatively Mm. they could be just getting the generators to 95 percent and then walking away because they know what they're doing so i guess there's a bit of um like there's a bit of you know things that they could still play with in terms of that sort of stuff but uh yeah for me i I don't i don't necessarily know if that's a good change or not on my end um because i was having fun playing with with new new players and and kind of changing up the way i would jump into a game and deal with them um i guess not everybody plays that way they would just be dicks and just slaughter the other people but uh yeah, it's just. I don't, th- I don't think that's being a dick. <clears throat> is that what you just did, Joby? Personally, yeah. Yeah, well, that's just playing the game, isn't it? Like, I agree. I'm actually surprised to hear Luke that you didn't yeah. just shit all over them and go trial by fire, motherfucker. Yeah, but the, yeah. you don't get good points either by doing that. I mean, by just absolutely destroying the other team, you're not getting points. All you're doing is maybe hitting the minimum of of getting through the game. You you want to be actually having them rescue and and then going after them a second third attempt um because that's how you're building up your points that's point farming bullshit speaking of have they fixed that shit where like when i last played uh the people would open the gate they would go to escape but they wouldn't escape they'd wait for you to hit them once and then they'd run away so they get more points have they made it so that it's like a one hit kill once you're past the gate so people don't some people have that I've got that. <laughs> Luke's got oh, right. It's an ability you've got to unlock. It's an ability. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's an asshole ability. Um, one hit kill anywhere or just past the gates? Anywhere. Once the gates are open. Once the gates oh, are open, I'll just one hit you. Yeah. That's fucking... That's great. That's sick. <laughs> Everyone should have that. By they default. hate it. Fucking survivors hate it when you use that on them. They, they get they so get salty. And I'm like, well, fuck you. <laughs> that's in the game. Yeah. Too bad. Um, Pretty much. Yeah, still enjoying that. They're, um, I don't know what their next big patch will do. It seems like they're going to implement some new items from the last stream they did. Uh, a, a new flashlight or something like that. And a new type of map. Um, new map item. Uh, but otherwise, still having a lot of fun with that game. Uh, really good. Uh, and then Overwatch. I played season two of Overwatch that came out, I think, last week. Where they release the new uh, competitive mode, new system, new ranking system of yep. no longer 
uh, being this like bullshit system where, you know, you're given a number and then you've got to rank up four times before you get to the next number. Uh, it's now mm-hmm. a points-based system, like a MMR type thing. Yep. Uh, so I did my competitive placement matches, um, and they've now changed the way the the scoring system works. It's no longer a uh, um, like a coin flip. They've completely trashed that, which is really good. Uh, it now works as a time bank system if it ends in a draw um, of of like both both teams getting through. So the team that had the uh the most amount of, of time left on their scoreboard will um go back in with with that amount of time um if you're on the clock but you've got less than a minute then it automatically gives you a minute so that kind of evens it out a bit um alternatively if both teams don't manage to do things like get to the first checkpoint that'll just end in a flat out draw um so you're not replaying over and over and over again constantly so I yep. think that's a it's a much better change. Uh, definitely has fixed a lot of the game. I, I think uh, the competitive side. I think uh, so. I ended up, I think, placing in. Where did I get platinum? Um, so it's like bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamonds. Uh, the five tiers. Um, cool. Where you can be put into, and basically, once you get into one of those tiers, you can't drop out of it. Uh, you may get below that threshold, but you'll still stay in that that area. So you always play against those types of um, those ranks. So you're not like you won't find this um, this point where it's like you're jumping between gold and, and diamond. Sorry, gold and, and platinum constantly. Um, you kind of just stay in that rough area, uh, but you can always work your way up to the next thing. And then after that, after diamond is. Uh, master and grandmaster which once you get into those two uh you can drop in and out of of them so you don't actually retain your rank you've got to actually work for it and stay in there and they've got some sort of system in there as well where if if you don't play for a certain amount of days it'll um it'll start dropping you points so you've got to actually keep up your uh your levels i believe in the like the top 500 or something i think i was reading that i could be thinking about a different game but that does seem to uh, sounds familiar to me um so they are making some good changes in there they're slowly getting there um i haven't really touched it other than doing my placement matches and maybe one or two games after that um uh but seems to be working towards a, a better system it's just unfortunate it's taken them so long to implement uh and try and get that going because yeah i still enjoy playing it on and off um when i got some free time and um yeah it's good fun you gonna get back in job no no but no see i don't believe not installing it you know why i don't believe you what why do you not believe me because you're playing world of warcraft ah am i though (laughs) because i installed it yeah i installed World 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 of warcraft i was convinced uh to to jump in and play it uh some friends were like oh you know we're getting the band back together we're gonna play it yeah uh if you jump in we'll have a five stack you should do it i'm like cool okay let's do it um i've already got a character so we're all cool i'll just you know do the level 100 boost to my death knight everything will be good (laughs) and uh yeah boost my death knight jump in to the initial starting missions uh stop 
quit out, installed some add-ons so that the game doesn't look and feel like shit. Yep. Realized the game still looks and feels like shit. Quit. <laughs> and that was it. Go on living and your life. Yeah. So I'm not playing World of Warcraft. Well, Actually, <laughs> I was. I, I did for about an hour. Uh, and 15 minutes of that was working out how to install add-ons again. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I can do it. I was so I was close. I was close. I was on the fucking edge. And then I'm like, uh, no, I just don't, I don't care. I'm not in, like, I'm not even enjoying these fucking yeah. initial fucking missions. I can't even fathom how it's going to go when I'm fucking grinding out the same fucking dungeons over and over again. So fucking, hmm. uh, but yeah. So I jumped in. Um, cool. It's, uh, I played as my, what am I playing as? Like a panda. Um, and they've sure. re, they've reset all the skills. Uh, and also yep. rejigged uh, some of them the way they work and put basically put new ones in there and whatnot. So flat out, like straight out of the gate, uh, had to respec everything. Um, all my obviously key button key bindings were gone. So that took yep. a good like man, probably three hours before I was back into the swing of it. Um, and also just trying to figure out like remember. <laughs> what i was using and and then also um like looking at this meme like, all right this sounds familiar this is familiar i have no idea what i picked here they've obviously changed something this spell doesn't work to say the same way it used to um like at least if my buttons were the same and like i had an idea of where things are kind of laid out then that would have been a bit more helpful but the fact that i had to go through and just remap everything was super annoying uh and I was struggling to to do anything quite early on because I just didn't know what fucking buttons I should be pressing because it was all over the place. So that initially uh, was quite annoying. Um, but once I got in there, it was it started to be a bit more fun. Uh, off the bat, they throw you into a like a raid, um, which is a ten man raid, and it goes off, uh, and it's basically all the demons are coming down and taking over this. Uh, Azeroth or whatever the fuck you want to call it and um, you get to a point in this raid where you uh, you're kind of working your threat your way through destroying all these enemies and then you get to the boss and all of a sudden it turns into a fucking 20 man raid and the other team is on the other side like Alliance shows up and now you've got two teams fighting this this boss uh, and I thought that moment was really cool really interesting that does sound uh, cool yeah um, cause I was like, what, what is, what the fuck is going on? Why are we, why are we standing here? What is happening? And what is that bit over there? Should we go over there? And then all of a sudden this other group, just, you see them running up the hill and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Is that another, is that another, like, are they NPCs or something? And then no, it turns out it's Alliance cause we're in Horde. Uh, and then they start helping in the battle and yeah, kind of cool moment like that was pretty awesome. Um, the other big thing they put in there is like artifact weapons. So these like quest line weapons that you get to pick and you, you can basically go in there, uh, you pick your weapon and then you start like leveling up this weapon with new add-ons and it affects the way your abilities work. Uh, so you're now collecting artifact power to level that up. I don't know if I like it. I'm still kind of tossing up how, whether or not that system is any good. Um, cause it kind of defeats the purpose at the moment of getting 
weapon gear. Um, you still get all your gear, like in terms of uh, your armor and you know new boots and capes and rings and all that shit. But you you're not getting weapons anymore. You kind of rely on this artifact stuff. Um, so I don't know yet if I like that system or not. I'm still very early in. It takes a long time to to level. Uh, the first time, um, I think I'm at like 102 at the moment and I've yeah. uh, been playing for a couple hours, but I think they're the two, I think that's the, the biggest change I've seen so far is the artifact stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm still enjoying it. Like we've done a, I've done a one dungeon and that was interesting. Um, I like the fact that they go in there now and they tell you, I think I've done that for a while. I just can't remember. I haven't played for like a year and a half, but uh, like you can read all the lore in the dungeon and it'll tell you how to combat certain things and what you should be looking out for. And like back in the day, you'd play that sort of stuff and you would just have to rely on other people's knowledge of it, um, of how mm. all this stuff worked or or, how, or like having done done this thing a certain amount of times. But now it actually on certain situations it'll tell you like you need to look out for this attack this will happen at this stage um here's all the loot you'll get uh if you do complete it like it's it's no longer just like a um looking up forums and using wowhead and all that sort of stuff to to figure out what you're going to do it's all built into the game and and i think they've done like a lot of add-on stuff as well that you're talking about they've taken a lot of popular add-ons they slowly started implementing it into the game which is really helpful Um, but yeah, I don't know how I feel about this so far. It's, um, yeah, I still got to play a bunch more. I think the thing that turned me off the most was the, the respecking and it just seemed like for people that want to get in there and, and just want to play the expansion, having not played it for a year and a half to two years since the last one, it's super frustrating to get in there and just everything the way that your character used to work is completely changed and that they've gotten rid of all your bindings and all that's like completely gone. Um, and having to relearn how to play that within, you know, and, and having that take three hours is just super annoying. Like if all my stuff was still there, muscle memory would kick in and I'd understand straight away what I was doing. But the fact yep. that they've removed all of it, that's completely gone and I'm just left not knowing what I'm doing. Um so I think I, like, that's a big part of my problem with it as well. Is yeah, that I I can't like immediately do everything that I used to be able to do, and it's like uh, I'm not enjoying this. Yeah, and that's the point. Like, I, I wasn't enjoying it at the start. I was didn't I didn't like it. Um, but it's gotten to the point where it's getting definitely getting a lot better. Um, and I'm starting to get get a you know a feel for it, but. Yeah, I need to see what what more it has to offer before I um, decide whether or not it's any good. I'm not too sure. The areas are really nice, but otherwise, it's definitely more wow. Yeah. Um, Deus Ex. You Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Yeah, I finished it. Have you played this, Nathan? I've played about 20 minutes. Um, (laughs) I really, really want to play more. Okay. You finished it? I've not finished it, no. I don't know how far I am in. I would probably guess I'm at about 12 to 14 hours. I'm just firing up Steam now. Um, But I got to the point... Where am I now? It's just turned night in Prague, so after the ARC mission, uh, and Mm -hmm. I'm headed over to the Red Light District. That's just opened up. 
Um, Ladies. Yeah. So I went rolling around some of the the clubs. And, cool. And, um, yeah, that's kind of where I got left off at. Okay. Whereas cool. you seem to um, have just smashed through that game in like a week. Yeah, well, I don't know. Like, I'll tell you what, right? My biggest takeaway from Deus Ex Mankind Divided is I can't wait for Dishonored 2. But, uh, <laughs> like, seriously, it's it's goofy how much I am looking forward to Dishonored 2 now. But uh, Mankind, like, I, I don't know. It, it ends abruptly, very abruptly. You'll be surprised when it ends because it's just sort of like, well, mission over. Lol, that's it. You win, and I'll be. I was like, um, I, I did. How? What? What happened to all these other people? But uh, yeah, it's um, it was very addictive. Like it was, it was a really well done. Like once I got because a couple of patches came out, and so I managed to get the mouse working decently, and I managed to um get the graphics running to a decent frame rate, a solid 55-ish, despite Battlefield 1 today was running at a solid 120 frames per second. Uh Um, But whatever, you know, Mankind Divided totally looks better than that. Uh, Yeah. Um, but yeah, I managed to get it to 55 frames. Apparently, a Deus, uh, sorry, a, Deus, a DX12 patch drops tomorrow for it. Something's downloading um, now for me. I don't know what that is. Perfect. So glad. So glad that I finished it before the ultra graphics came in. Should have been patient, bro. I know. What a scumbag. Um, once I got it all working, it felt good. I like Adam Jensen. I like him as a character. I like the storyline, the concept of uh, using uh, augmented people as uh, an outcast from society because it gave them the opportunity to really highlight some, like the ways that some bigots will treat other people. I thought that was really cool. Um, and and I, I think they used, like they tried to use the game to tell uh, a story that I don't think is heavily politicized, but has like rings true with the current political climate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that's awesome. I think they did a really good job. Like there are marginalized people in the world and um, like it's, it is, it's hard for a dude like me to understand how they feel sometimes. So yeah, I, I think they did a fucking good job, which is cool. Um, yeah. You were talking the, uh, like about just stealthing everywhere, Luke. And so yes. I was saying how you have to have the option to go loud. But I wound up stealthing pretty much the entire game anyway. Yeah. I don't think I've killed uh, anyone. Oh, no, I, I've killed a lot of people. Oh, okay. I killed a lot of people. Like, I'd knock them out and then I'd shoot them. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. What what happened was I got like I got to a point in the game right where like my fucking my inventory I've maxed out my inventory it was the first thing I d- did when I upgraded uh, but yeah I um I was I it was still full my inventory was full anyway and I worked out that I wasn't actually using any, any of my guns 
so I ditched all my guns except for my pistol uh, and a battle rifle and my stun gun. And uh, then I put a silencer on my pistol. Mm-hmm. And once I had the mouse working really well, I found that I could stealth really easily if um, the people who I was stealthing past already had a bullet in their brains. But I'd only murder people if I felt like they had it coming. So I didn't murder any cops, even though they were dickheads uh, to orgs. Uh, But I did kill gang members uh, whenever I liked. And I killed uh, the terrorists, bad guys. I killed them just fucking all over the place. But that was primarily because every time I got caught, like if I did get caught by them, um, they were just mad fuckheads to deal with. Hmm. And I found that if, like, I did get caught right at the end of carrying through an area, but everyone in the area was already dead except for this one person who caught me, then it didn't really matter, and I wouldn't have to reload back at my last save game. So it was just a little bit more efficient that way. Yeah. Uh, when exploring, did all the side missions. There's this really fucking cool side mission the that bank. I highly recommend. Uh, the bank was awesome. The bank um, was fucking but- amazing. <laughs> Uh, but no, I'm talking about there's a, a murder investigation oh. side mission that I I think is fucking awesome. Is that Just later make on? sure. Yeah, it's a little bit after where you're up to. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's so fucking w- worthwhile. Just make sure you talk to everyone in the area because there's like fucking three bits to this mission, hmm. and uh, it's easy. It's easy to find yourself without the opportunity to go to the third part of that mission. Yeah. I, I really liked that uh, bank mission. I thought that was awesome, the side one. It was like yeah, it was eight fun. levels of places to go in. Yeah, I I went all throughout that fucking bank. Yeah, it was fucking so did I. Cool as balls. Um, I'm but just yeah. lo- sorry, I'm just looking as well. Uh, yeah, that PC patch dropped about an hour ago. Uh, it's yep. a DX12 one. So well, that might make things a bit better. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <coughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, that game's. I'm really enjoying it. Um, yeah, like I said, I think last week it's got some some small problems that I think are slowly getting fixed by the sounds of it. Uh, but otherwise, yeah. yeah, the the stealthing bits are a lot of fun and quite satisfying when you when you go through there just destroying everybody mm-hmm. um, is really cool yeah uh, yeah it's a cool game cool game um, I uh, but yeah like I said I, I can't wait for Dishonored 2 and it makes me wonder uh, if I'm going to be able to like knowing that finishing Dishonored uh, having killed a lot of people is a negative is a net negative I, it makes me wonder whether I'm going to be able to stop myself from murdering everyone in Dishonored 2 because I just enjoyed enjoyed killing people in Deus Ex Mankind Divided I don't know yeah. it just felt good you know like Psycho. you knock them out you, you creep up on them right you press you tap Q to knock them out and then you just whip out your gun and you put a bullet in them yep and uh, they die and that's just cool you know you get when you take all this stuff trivia? No, uh, but you can pick up their body. You can pick up the body and then throw them off a balcony. Actually, you do that to an unconscious person and they don't die, even if it's like five stories. I was disappointed by that. 
four out of ten. Yeah, four out of ten. Uh, but no, I, I'd recommend. I, I would actually recommend Deus Ex: Mankind Divided, especially if the uh, DX12 patch makes it function properly. Um, it seems to be a point. beta patch at the moment. You have to opt into the DX12 stuff, but yeah. well, then fuck. <clears throat> uh, yeah, at this point in the game, like you're not. If you haven't bought it yet, you're probably best off just waiting for a sale anyway. To be honest, yeah. Because uh, you're, I don't know, you're already a bit you're too behind. Slow. Too slow. So you may as well. May as well. But yeah, cool. Awesome. News. Should we do some news? Let's do some news. Holy shit. There okay. you go. Bust yeah. through this. Um, new PlayStation Slim was announced after being leaked. Uh, yep. It'll go for, it's, it's being released next week. And in Australia, it'll be uh, $440 for the 500 gig slim and for the one terabyte version will be 510 um so that's coming out but the bigger news is there is a new um playstation console coming out uh this year right yeah november um so the playstation pro they're calling it uh i guess this is also we talked about this a couple months ago like the the rumored things that were happening around it the neo um and everything seems to be pretty spot on in terms of the the details that were leaked out about that one uh oh, yep. nathan i think was up this morning watching it is that right <laughs> no you weren't <laughs> oh you were online on uh on facebook oh that's probably my phone man it said you were so we- like online i was like oh fuck nathan's up does that mean you were up, you up? You watching yeah it? i got up and watched it lol the greatest thing you've ever seen in your life it was. Sucker. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so it's going to have a uh, uh, better, it's got a GPU, a better GPU. Uh, the clock speed is better. Um, what else is on there? It's going to support 4K output um, yep. on the display side of things. Um, HDR was the other thing they were pushing. Yep. One terabyte drive. Is it a one terabyte, terabyte drive? drive, which seems small, right? Yeah. I'm looking at it on EB Games right now. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing is, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe when Microsoft launched the Xbox One S recently, they called it the most powerful console ever made. I'm looking at the EB Games uh, thing for the PlayStation Pro, and it's saying the most powerful PlayStation ever made. I'm wondering if that is just kind of splitting hairs or whether it's actually not as powerful as the 1S. Oh. Uh, no, it's definitely more powerful. The, the 1S? The, yeah, the 1S. The only thing they did with that is um, they basically upped some of the resources that are available on the um, uh, that are available to, to devs to use and also like they got rid of some of the Kinect stuff uh, and I think the, C, the, the, the processor is a little bit better but it's not significant. Like you won't see huge advancements is it where whereas this is like completely different gpu uh and new clock speed hang on is this the super new one or is it not which one is is this like the the xbox is releasing what are they releasing they're releasing a scorpio which is we know nothing about yeah that's codenamed scorpio so the pro is their scorpio is that what you're saying we we don't know oh uh, at least I, I thought they had a bigger, better one coming out next year. Xbox. Sorry, I mean. 
Sony. This Sony. is this is Sony's. This is, They're releasing is this it the this, Neo? this year. Yeah. 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 Right. Fucking this is hell. the Neo. So yeah. they've jumped in and, and they're releasing the next console, um, yeah, in November. Uh, whereas Xbox have announced theirs, but they're not bringing it out till sometime next year. Uh, and the rumors are that it's going to be much more powerful than the, the this PlayStation. Yeah. The Scorpio will be? Yes. Right. I mean, uh, you'd hope that they've kind of at least left some room for that if they get the PS4 Pro and go, fuck, it's stronger or it's more powerful. Let's uh, just release ours anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the leak stats are showing that the the Scorpio was definitely more powerful than uh, this new PlayStation. And so. it doesn't play 4K Blu-ray discs. Yeah, that's the biggest no. thing for me. Um, that's weird. I was- Were you going to upgrade? Uh, well, yeah, I was thinking about it. Like, why? And now what? And now it's not gonna, it's not gonna do 4K discs. And you're like, well, fuck it. No, yeah, pretty much. I guess not. You're fucking, you're nuts, mate. You're fucking nuts. Okay, you got the NBN in your house. Okay, you're one of the like fucking 12 people in Australia who's actually able to stream 4K on your stupid big fucking television. All right, <laughs> and you're all like, oh well, I can't watch it on disc. I'm not gonna do that. Ridiculous. You're ridiculous. I can already stream 4K. On your PC? On on my TV, on my PC, like whatever I want to. The the Then why would you get a disc? What the fuck do you want discs for? Well, I can like- you stream the movies? The, can you stream 4K movies? Like are they available to stream, Joey? Like they you can't or- they don't have them anywhere. Yeah, I mean, you can stream Netflix in 4K where it's available, but you can't immediately stream. I mean, I wish you fucking could, to be honest. Like, I'd be completely on board with what you're saying. If you could just, like, stream, I don't know, what fucking Skyfall or whatever the fuck's available on 4K. There's 12 discs. They're about to start, (laughs) like, coming out quite uh, regularly. They're they're pretty much... But discs, right? Yeah, actual discs. Streaming option. Which would be well, better because I'm all for physical media just getting fucked and jumping in the ocean, unlike some of our peers who were writing the opposite. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I was actually really excited when the rumors about the X, what became the Xbox One were that it wasn't going to have a drive, it's going to be all digital because basically retail should go and get fucked because they're the reason we have price gouging, mm. pricks. Um, so I was sad when that didn't happen, but I guess it would have been a problem for media playback and whatnot. Um, but ultimately, like a step in the right direction, in my opinion. Yeah, but like, do you buy you buy Blu-rays? Like Job, don't you? Like I've, I've seen your house; you got a fucking shitload of Blu-rays sitting around. Yeah, it's exactly. the same thing. Like I buy movies; I don't want to stream, and also the the quality is completely different. Uh, streaming compared to physical media. You're talking about a, I, a Blu-ray, uh, a HD uh, 4K Blu-ray disc is uh, that transfers it. Um, they're like 100 gigabyte discs and they transfer it like 100 meg a second. Whereas a, a, a streaming, a Netflix you're uses sitting, compression. You're compression. sitting three and a half meters away from fucking a 80 fucking inch television. Like 4K isn't going to make a difference. You can't fucking make anything out anyway. It's fucking, it's all of your vision. You're like looking and you're like, oh, fucking Batman's on one side of this fucking screen. I wonder who's on the other side. Holy fuck, it's Superman. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how it fucking matters. <laughs> yeah, the thing about, okay, the thing about 4K, like this whole push towards 4K, I'm all for it for gaming 
because but like you still need the requisite hardware and nobody's really talking about that like you need dis- disgusting amounts of hardware like th- yeah. not just purchasing a fucking oh i'm gonna purchase the new ps4 and then i'm gonna be 4k ready no get fucked in no. kid no. <laughs> you need two a lot 1080s. more than that. two and, 1080s and then, maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe. but then you need the super expensive 4k screen and then if you've yeah. got a 4k screen but you're serious about your competitive gaming well they only do 60 hertz so you're probably going to have to buy another monitor just to do serious gaming on. Like, it's a fucking big investment for PC gaming. But even in terms of um, entertainment, I've got a friend who basically has a movie cinema set up in his house. It's hilarious. He spent way too much money on it. He's got a 4K projector, and he's got, more importantly, I would argue, the sound. Because sound, like, you've got to, I think, incrementally boost. Like, I've had um, Battlefield 1 running in... Um, well, even my 980 running in ultra at I think I was getting about 80 80 flips which is fucking awesome god Dice knows how to optimize a fucking game and it looks gorgeous but imagine if I had some shitty I don't know iPhone headphones for my yeah. sound like, I, I think that's the equivalency like people are, are too focused on visual fidelity at the expense of like not upgrading their audio I mean Job's told anecdotes before and he experienced one earlier today of me telling him what's about to come around the corner because my stupidly expensive headphones allow me Mm. a competitive edge in what I can hear. Um, It was fucking magic. You should tell it. Yeah. Oh, was that the... It was the flamethrower thing, wasn't it? (laughs) Flamethrower. We we bust into this fucking house, the cap house at sea, and uh, he's like, turn around, turn around. They're in the room. They're in the room. Just shoot through the fucking door. And I turn around and I start spraying through the door and these two dudes literally walk into the flames. (laughs) I had the flamethrower kit, I should add. But yeah, they walk into my fucking flames. It was fucking magical. (laughs) I had no idea. Yeah, it was fucking awesome, and, and, and that's what I mean. Like, I used to be the guy who would who would buy three to four k worth of computer, um, and then skimp on everything else. Skimp on my peripherals, my fucking headphones, my monitors, my mouse, my keyboard. And now, as I'm like upgrading, I'm like, well, they're actually really fucking really important. Um, and to yeah. bring it back to four k, like, is is this? Um, new PlayStation 4 capable of it's capable of 4K gaming is what it's they're talking cap- about right yeah it's capable of 4K gaming um, and then also at, at, at streaming at 30 frames per second <laughs> yeah yeah right like there's, there's gotta be a there's yeah. gotta be a trade off and even if it's not like even if it's capable of more what you, TVs don't go higher than 60 hertz do they no. yes they do they do, do? They? yeah TVs really yeah. yeah mine does 200 of course yours does 200 yeah, yeah. if you got a 4k 200 TV, it's you yeah. got a 4k tv at 200 hertz and it's like 300 <laughs> inches big it's a literally your entire fucking wall like are you fucking barney stinson or something what the fuck is going on how much did you pay for this fucking thing not much it's it's i can tell you it was less than two thousand dollars not much what? i can tell you what? that it's less than the cost of it? an apartment in sydney is it a Dick Smith brand one or some shit? No, it's a um, Sorry, LG. LG. Uh, yeah. Lucky yeah. if it goes, old LG. Oh, he, uh, I think he may have, um, you know, stolen it. Yeah, I can tell you it was less than $200, Wink. Yeah. 
Uh, it was less than the cost of a handgun and some bullets. Uh, you, you can get a. Um, there's some. Uh, there's some brands going for about thirteen hundred dollars. You had JB get some. Um, if you want the the proper branded ones, like your Panasonic's or Sony's, Samsung, uh, Sony. LG, they're between. If you want a fifty-five inch, which is the right spot, between fifteen hundred and. 2200 and then up upwards from there you start getting the stupid shit which i think only lg is doing the oled screens and then they range from about three thousand to you know nine thousand dollars depending on what size you want um but yeah all the tvs now they're all pretty much 4k capable uh 3d is dead um there's no more 3d at all none of them are doing that it's all 4k 4k and hdr is what they're selling these days. Um, now, having have recently you, got a new TV. Have you played games through it? <clears throat> um, have I played games through it? I don't yeah, know. Like, so. Have you tried to put a PC game through it? Fucking get up Video some 4K stuff, man. Mm. Come on. No, I, I really haven't had time to. I've only had it for like a week and a half. Um, oh. But movies, like, even going back to the, the PlayStation, like, I watched all my dvds on playstation um blu-rays on you know that was my blu-ray player on the playstation um and i think it's a huge mistake for them not putting a a 4k player in the new console like even the the new xbox slim the xbox one s has a 4k blu-ray player in it it's i don't understand the reasoning behind not putting it in there even if it's going to jack the price up um I still think it's worth it. Like selling it as a premium product for an extra hundred bucks. Uh, it's only going for uh, the difference between the f- the slim and the um, and the pro is forty bucks. Like they could have jacked it up to six hundred bucks and put in a four K player in there. Like, what's the point of not having it? I don't really understand the reasoning behind that at all. It's super strange. Um, and now they're going to be behind by, I don't know how many years, without a, a 4K player. Because the new Xbox will definitely have one. What do they do from here on? Well, the Xbox One S has one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The Xbox One S already has one. And, and yeah. Sony has just released, or they're going to release a brand new console in two months. And it's not going to have a 4K player in it. They're selling 4K TVs. Like, that's what they're doing. And they're not putting a player in there. I don't get it. Um, it's weird. They own the patent to Blu-ray, don't they? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like they own it, and <laughs> like they it's always they, been it, super successful for them when they when they've done it in the past. Like they they killed um, H uh, H what was it H DVD or something? It's good that you don't remember what it's HD DVD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they killed the Microsoft or the the other branded one. Um, yeah. DVD was so successful because they put DVD in the PlayStation, like. You think it'd be an easy decision for them, but I don't get what happened here. Uh, I think they should just fucking <laughs> don't put it out, man. Recall it. Get all those units back in and start slapping 4K players in there. It's crazy. Now, is it? I just it's a hardware understand. thing, is it, or, or software? Yeah, it's a hardware. It's hardware right. related. Because that does seem. I just I can't get my head around that. Like, why would you? Why would you know that the One S has a 4K fucking Blu-ray player and then announce your better than that console that has a step backwards yeah and then come what out, i would argue is a key area and be like hey this is our 4k console 
but it doesn't play 4K uh, media. It only streams it. Do you have any 4K Blu-rays at all? Me, no. Who? I don't have any yet because they're they're not really out at the moment. They start. They some, I want to watch some 4K video and see this shit because the only thing I can imagine me watching 4K in 4K video mm-hmm. is under sea documentaries. <laughs> I got got plenty of them. Um, no, I don't have a, a, a player yet. That's I, what I, I was like when I heard this. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" I could just upgrade my uh, PlayStation to five hundred bucks. Um, I'll get a you know more power out of it, plus a player. And then I woke up this morning, and apparently that was not a thing. So I was like, "Fuck that!" I don't, I don't see the point in upgrading it just for a bit of better performance out of my games. Having having another device that I could use for media is definitely more worth it. But instead. I will probably just go buy a $200 uh, Blu-ray player from somewhere. Are they that cheap or are they super expensive? I think they... Blu-ray players. Um, no, I saw one today on JB's website that was 200 and something. Okay. I I, like, yeah, I haven't yeah. researched how they much start they start at 200 They, they might be less. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um. But yeah, like just future proofing, like this is where things are going. Uh, and they, for some reason, uh, uh, have been on the ball the last couple of years. And I think this is a major stumble for them in terms of keeping, not, not being in the loop. It's that's strange. I just don't get it. Uh, and I agree. It seems like I'm not the only one. Like a lot of people were, didn't don't understand this decision. It's weird. Um, but also like in saying that, I saw a lot of backlash about people being like, what the fuck? Why, like, why should I care about this? Uh, why, like, when I don't have 4K TV or all this other stuff? It's like, well, uh, that's fair enough. But they're, they're going towards the, the next bit in technology. Uh, and, they, like, your stuff will still work. Like, it's not like it's being made obsolete, your TV. Uh, it just means that people with the latest hardware will be able to experience it in this, you know, high resolution um what would like i don't i don't understand what they would want out of it like it's already get it's a more powerful system what else do you want uh complaining about that it plays high resolution is that's not a complaint it's super strange i I didn't get some of the feedback behind that at all it was weird to me yeah um yeah I, uh, I I don't see the 4K revolution, so like I don't I don't get it. So fuck it, I know, it doesn't really affect me. I wouldn't get this PS4K unless I was given one free or my PlayStation 4 fucked up. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see the appeal of the thing at all. So yeah, you know, I, I think yeah. I think wait and see what Xbox does, what Microsoft does with next year, no, uh, what they fire back I, with. It's still going to be an Xbox One. I mean, I think Sony's already got a firm grip on on the best exclusives. So, yeah, I can't imagine. I don't know. I don't know because the Xbox One games, the new ones, are still going to be crippled because they have to work on the Xbox One original. So, yeah, yeah I can't imagine that changing anything either anyway uh nate any thoughts 
Yes. No. Cool. No, I'm, I'm, I'm agree with you, Joby. Like, I don't, mm. I don't see this the giant appeal in um in 4K or the need for an upgrade if you've already got PS4 and Xbox One. You were just jizzing about 4K every game you spoke about before. <laughs> what? <laughs> he, said, he said he sees it for games. He doesn't see. Yeah, it for- I'm talking about for playback. Yeah. yeah, like unless you've got an amazing. I mean, I live. I live in an apartment. You live in an apartment. Joe lives in an apartment. Um, the reality of us being able to like have sound that matches the vision. I got sick sound. Yeah, talk about what? So your neighbors love you. You're allowed to crank it. Yeah, like, man. To- I live on the ground floor. I'm fine. I don't think you are, but that's all right. Keep going until until the cops arrive to tell you to turn it down. <laughs> I haven't yet. Six years on. <laughs> well done. Um, all right, next up we got Super Mario Run on iOS. I thought this was interesting because it's Mario on a um, Apple on a phone. It's a it's an iPhone game, but it's Mario, and it's not. What was that Flappy Bird? So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Any thoughts? I did not see any of this. All, all I saw was something about uh, they announced the game yeah. and stock went up. Stock went stupid. Yeah, it's a jetpack joyride type game where you're just running forward constantly, but you're Mario. Cool. So much. it's a skin. It's like Pokemon Go. They know what they're doing. They're just yeah, they're on it. Skins. Yeah, better Even than Konami. That wasn't them. <laughs> Nate, any thoughts? None. 4K can get fucked. Cool. Uh, Ark <laughs> can get fucked is literally what I put down here. Uh, Ark uh, is a game about dinosaurs and survival and shit. Yeah, I think we've talked and about it a, a, a while back. Yeah, ages and ages ago. I did. Yes, they released a um, a expansion pack last week, and uh, but how could it, they, Job? Yeah, it's the game is still access. in early access. Well, they ex- uh, released a game, uh, an expansion pack, and uh, hiccups. Um, better than that, the expansion is more expensive than the base game uh, and better still uh, when they um, when they were confronted with uh, how shitty it is that they're releasing an expansion pack for a game that is technically not yet finished uh, they replied by saying that every all, all gamers are entitled and uh, you know they work really hard and they deserve to be paid and fuck you basically um the response from ARC fans has been mixed, uh, which is surprising because it should be resoundingly negative, uh, but instead it's mixed, which is weird. Uh, a lot of people are, yeah, just as keen to call everyone entitled as uh, Wildcard apparently were. Uh, a lot of people can, I think No Man's Sky is giving people some <laughs> weird measures. Because they're like, well, I got No Man's Sky, and that costs way more than Ark did, and I've had way more fun with Ark, so why can't they release an expansion pack? But the the fact is, right, uh, if one company is shitting in your mouth, don't fucking handshake another company because all they did was piss in your eye. That's yeah, fucking insanity, right? Inconsistency. Yeah, that's what you're looking for. Um, no, like it's it's like another game being shit doesn't make this game good. This doesn't 
Like that's just fucking nuts, right? Fuck. Anyway, uh, it's it's garbage. It's utter horseshit. I'm I'm annoyed because I've been waiting for Ark to be playable for a long time, uh, and basically what this says to me is that they're not working on the core game. They're working on making money out of expansion packs. Uh, and, oh, you know, different people working on different projects. Yeah, that that doesn't scan, okay? That doesn't work here because they built an entirely new map, which is better optimized than the original map. Uh, like, clearly, most of the work has gone into the new area because it's better optimized as an environment. It takes less time to load, apparently, uh, like almost half as, as much time, which is significant considering Arc usually takes about 10 minutes to load. Um, like, yeah, they could have been optimizing the actual fucking Arc game, but they weren't. They were making this other shit. And, yeah, it basically, to me, it's, you know, uh, I got screwed. Mm. I bought it as well. Yeah. But I think that there like there are two things for me. Our game is entitled absolutely fucking lootly. Our game is entitled for like being upset about an early access game having its expansion or something else that's not part of the core game that they paid for <laughs> uh, and is making that better and, and more closer to being a release product and basically what they invested in. Fuck no. Get fucked. <laughs> the end. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like the difference between entitled and entitlement to me because people are entitled to the product they fucking purchased. And that's not entitlement. That is consumerism, right? Like that's buying shit. Uh, you are entitled. People are entitled. But so often, entitled is just used as this fucking catch-all negative fucking concept. It's not always a catch-all negative concept. It can actually mean uh, that you're entitled to something. Like, yeah, I paid a bunch of money. Now I want my fucking game. I'm entitled to that fucking game. Not for you to fucking spend time resources on making a fucking different game to make more money. That's horseshit. Uh, Entitlement, on the other hand, definitely exists within gaming. But that's not what's at play here. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Fuck Ark. Fuck Ark. Anyway, um, emails? Yeah, we had an email. We have an email. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, uh, Jormy Goes Soft, The Apology, from Paul. Uh, Paul writes, I was puzzled by your response to my email, so I investigated. I hadn't been to the Red Bull website before, so it wasn't there. I could have sworn it was from a previous Gap episode, so I went through the last three months of episodes. <laughs> That's a lot of hours. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nothing. Hopefully not all at once. Um, there was a comment about a future Overwatch interview, but the source of my misplaced outburst must be a sign of early-onset Alzheimer's. Now for the eating of crow. I wholeheartedly and unreservedly withdraw and apologize for all comments I made about Job. My accusations were misleading and had no basis in fact. Job, you may sleep soundly in the knowledge that your recollections were crystal clear and my dumbass comments were based on some product of my fevered imagination. I can only speculate that my wanting to hear the Overwatch interview and anticipating a velvet sledgehammer Job... I had gotten confused with other interviews I had heard in the last couple of months. Keep up the good work, guys. 
I look forward to listening to your future episodes. Regards, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Yep. Uh, I, I like, first of all, world-class eating a crow, dude. Uh, well done. Uh, and second of all, oh, my God. You fucking threw me 100% last week, Nate. Uh, Paul sent in an email, and uh, he was very upset that uh, I did an Overwatch interview and I didn't tear in to whoever it was that I was interviewing because I've been complaining about Overwatch for so long. <laughs> and, uh, and I, yeah, we were both pretty confused. Luke and I were both pretty confused because um, I did not recall uh, said interview uh, or how Paul would have listened to said interview or... <laughs> Uh, it was pretty confusing. Uh, so, obviously, uh, he... I don't know. Yeah, he, I guess he imagined it. But, uh, yeah, we were pretty confused. It threw me. It threw me fucking hard. Because I'm like, holy shit, what have I done? Um, and, yeah, obviously, uh, it the last 10 minutes of that fucking podcast are me, like, sitting there researching my Overwatch <laughs> interview. I'm like, was it on Red Bull? Did I, like, I did a Scott Mercy interview on Red Bull, but I thought I got into him, and I, I thought I was pretty critical. Uh, uh, no, it wasn't there. It mustn't have been there. Well, what about, okay, well, I talked to Jeff Kaplan. Um, but, yeah, no. Pretty fucking funny. Um, but, yeah, pretty confusing as well. Anyway, uh, top email, Paul, uh, and that is a very awesome way to uh, apologize well done can, can i just say um on the other end of the scale paul you're doing the internet wrong you're actually supposed to double down and <laughs> call him a cunt job that, that i mean and say how wrong he was and then provide false evidence that you'd found this interview and that he needs to search harder thus putting the onus <laughs> of responsibility back on job and increasing his anxiety so if, please oh my God. if i got up that, your no. game <laughs> just like uh yeah the email the interview does exist i'm not going to tell you where i shouldn't it's not on yeah, me it's not my job tell you where your interviews are <laughs> i would be like oh god oh what am i doing yeah what have i done he would he yeah. would resign there would be no more gap <laughs> <laughs> literally start the apocalypse paul so please next time do it right <laughs> Thanks for joining, Nate. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Um, if you would like to email us like Paul did, the GAPodcast at GMA.com. Uh, otherwise, you can also find us on iTunes, Android, and the Windows Store, where you can rate and review uh, the show under the GA Podcast or The Gap. You'll find us on there. Um, we're on Facebook.com slash GA Podcast, Twitter.com slash GA Podcast. We have a website at the GA Podcast.com where you can find all the past episodes and a stack of information on there. Um, and we're all on Twitter. I'm at twitter.com slash Luke Laurie, L-A-W-R-E. Job is at Joby Jojo. And Nathan is on there, but he doesn't do anything. So. Don't talk to me on Twitter. I don't use it. Yeah. Um, you got anything happening this time soon? You're like, you got mafia stuff, right? Coming up. Me? Yeah. Yeah. Keep your eyes on PC Powerplay. Keep your eyes on... Uh, why am I blanking? Probably IGN, but a lot on Red Bull coming up. Yep. And um, Hyper as well. Cool. Magazine. Cool. Is, which is out soon. Awesome. Nice. Joe, have you got anything happening? I'm in said Hyper Magazine. Uh, I am... Uh, you sh yes, on Red Bull and stuff, obviously. And yeah, 
Um, I have to look into it, but I might have something going up on the Gap page soon. Cool. I'll, I'll look into it. Right. Maybe. I think I, I think I can. Nice. Depends on how much footage I've got. Anyway, yeah. What about you, Luke? Uh, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> I'll put this podcast up, uh, which will be up late on Friday uh, because we have a embargo to edit. Why? To. What they are? It is now fucking. It is one thirty in the morning. If they listen to this the moment it went up, <laughs> why are you saying this to them? <laughs> Just in case people are like, why the fuck did it not come out? At 2 p.m. on Friday. Well, because we had to wait because of Nathan. <laughs> well, like I said, if we actually hadn't mentioned it for the first, you know, two hours, then. <laughs> we but then what's the point? What's the point of podcasting? We can't talk about Mafia. Well, you can, but like talk about it towards the end so uh, that when it goes up, they're listening to it. It's fine. Uh, that would be nice. I'd like that. And then oh, we, but they could skip ahead. They could. Ooh. They could skip ahead. That's cheating. Yeah, you're right. It's cheating. Right. Can't do that. It's safe. It's safe. I would take full responsibility. Like yes. Paul. <laughs> uh, you can also check out our. Uh, we did a Dota podcast, uh, which isn't a bonus episode. It's a, it's a normal episode, <laughs> episode three hundred and thirty-five, <laughs> uh, where myself, Job, and uh, Ryan jumped in and talked about some Dota and in the. Uh, you got Ryan. Right. Yeah, Ryan right yeah. came on. Nice. We got to get him around for a normal show. I mean, like another normal They're show. They're all normal shows. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a cricket on the fucking recording. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was a that was a nightmare to try and get rid of. It's there a little bit still, but I got rid of most of it. So, do, could you not hear it on the day? No. Was it oh, like yeah, it was behind me or something? Balls. It was crazy. Yeah, it was behind you. Yeah, okay. Because oh, I, I, I could hear the- um, There was like a, a model show going on next door. Um, that they'd rented out the rest of their office to. So they were doing um, like a fashion thing and uh, they played a bunch of loud music and whatnot, but I don't think that really showed up in the audio. It just is fucking cricket, which was super frustrating. But anyway, uh, I think it was a good good, uh, podcast. We talked about a lot of things on there. So if you're into listening to us talk shit- um, True that. Which you must, must be because it's now three and a half hours of this. Very true. Uh, Check it out. Let us know what you think. Word. Nathan, cool. thanks for coming along. We'll see you in another six months. Thanks when, for having me, y'all. When you forget how long these podcasts go. No, you- I, nev- I never forget. You should never have me on. You should have it on like when it's quiet. <laughs> like the other week, we are like, we've got nothing to talk about, Nate. And I was still fucking drag it to three hours, I guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How have you played 12 games like every single yeah. time you come on here? Oh, oh, I don't know, man. They keep sending me on trips. <laughs> It's not my fault. Where are you going Just an next, you know? little freelancer. No, nowhere. Thank fuck. And yeah. I'm touching all the wood as I say that because, I, yeah, I really don't need a trip in the next month. Cool. Although, cool. Joby, prediction? What? Prediction. Do you want a prediction? Trip prediction. Yeah, go. Okay. I reckon when they inevitably do a Battlefield 1 review event, which is just yep. ugh, review events, they'll do Titanfall 2 at the same time. I think you're 100% correct. And if they've done their research correct. They will definitely not want to send me because I shat on Titanfall 2 recently. <laughs> yes. Hmm. That'll be you, buddy. Um, oh, God. I think, I think I'll pass because they'll be doing it on PS4, won't they? So. Oh, yuck. Yeah. It's so disgusting. Uh, yeah. Anyway. All right. Cool. Good times. Catch us next week. 
Alrighty, bye. Yes. 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 Yes.